Hello and welcome to Proven Improbable. This is Maurice Jackson. I'm delighted to have you join me here and Happy New Year. And I uh, already see we have someone joining us here, Mr. Nitty Gritty. Good evening, sir, to you as well. Uh, I wanted to begin by, first of all, sharing with you that today's conversation is not to be misconstrued as investment advice. It's just a, a look over my shoulder, if you will, on what we're doing and how you may benefit on some of the actions that we are and or have taken recently. Um, when we spoke to you last month, the gold price had just reached an all-time high. It was Friday evening. And then the following day, uh, which was when the markets opened, which was Sunday, the spot price went up even higher. And I see there's a glare here, so let me remove my glasses. And the spot price had increased to, I believe, 21.55, if I'm not mistaken. And within 24 hours, by Monday, it had dropped uh, equally to 100 bucks. And now it's, you know, remained relatively um, strong. It's at 2050, 2049 right now, to be precise. But if you recall what I stated that we were doing and what I believe was the, the most prudent move for you to make, it was very simple. And I'll restate it again. Most prudent action to take is when something goes to an all-time high is to not buy. Our goal as speculators is to buy low and sell high. Unfortunately, I had some new, new clients contact me and they wanted to buy precious metals, in particular gold during this time. And you can hear it in the intonation of their voices that, uh, it was an emotion-based purchase. And I do. I never want to be in a position where I'm purchasing something based off of emotion, in particular for an investment. Consumer goods are a little bit different than capital goods, but when it comes to capital goods, I need to remove emotion and stick with logic. But I heard in their voices the emotion, and I pray that you do your due, due diligence and refrain from using emotion when, you use, when you're buying capital goods. So looking back at that situation, the individuals bought at an all-time high and uh, the premiums didn't change, which is fine. That's good in that regard. But they bought at an all-time high. We're the best, whereas the best value propositions, and I shared in the call, as I always do, where the best value propositions are for my clients. It's not investment advice, but my obligation to you is to look out for your best interest, not my best interest. So if we look at the ratios, and I had an opportunity to review them right before this uh, live stream, when I'm looking to see what to buy in the markets, and I love real estate, I love precious metals, and I love the stock market. So uh, my bias isn't towards just bullion, that's incorrect. I love the markets. And what the markets tell me or I should say with the Dow gold ratio, which is, this is my barometer, if you will, to let me know what's on sale. The Dow gold ratio, and you can also say real estate versus gold. The answer right now is you take the, the price of the Dow and divide it by price of gold, you're looking at 18.29. Uh, 18 when the answer is above five, you should be buying gold. Gold is on sale relative to the Dow, relative to real estate with the understanding or caveat that real estate is more of a local market but as a whole 
real estate prices follow the Dow. And if the Dow is at an all-time high, so are real estate, so are the, if not the real estate prices, then you also have to look at the interest rates. Okay, so we now know the answer again that where we should be at this particular moment, it is gold and or precious metals. And uh, let me correct myself on that. Once you now go into the precious metals, let's see where the other metals are relative to the price of gold. If the answer to when I'm looking at the gold-silver ratio is between 45 and 54, if that answer is, in, in particular, if it's below 45, then I am liquidating my position in silver and I'm adding some gold. However, the answer right now is 88. So what that means is if you had, uh, we'll keep it in simple terms, 2,050 bucks, you could purchase one ounce of gold, assuming there's no premium, or you could purchase 88 ounces of silver. That would be the prudent purchase to make because again, the answer is above 45. And when I'm looking to start selling again, it's when the answer is 54, in that range between 45 and 54. And we haven't been there in a couple of years. So again, the sale is in silver relative to gold. Then we segue into my favorite metal, which is platinum. And that answer right now is you can purchase 2.1 ounces of platinum versus gold. And again, that is a value proposition that I like the most out of all the precious metals, and I love them all. Don't get me wrong, I love gold, I love silver, I love platinum, I love palladium, and I love rhodium, but platinum to me is the underdog, and the reason it's the underdog is out of all the physical precious metal sales that are out there, the one uh, percent of those sales, I should say, are going to be platinum, palladium, and rhodium. So 99% of all precious metal sales are gold and silver. And if I didn't share this uh, last month, I, I please forgive me, but I had an opportunity to speak with one of our uh, storage facility managers, and he brought something to my attention, and I'm going to give full credit to him, and I hope I'm not uh, misquoting uh, Mr. Kravitz here, but Joel Kravitz shared with me that if the entire U.S. population wanted to purchase one ounce of gold, meaning every citizen that's alive right here in the United States, it would take 20 years to fill that order. Now that's just 350 million people, if you will, out of seven, eight billion people. If the same population of US citizens wanted to purchase 100 ounces of silver, it would take 20 years for that order to fill. So my point to all that is that we are dealing with something that is rare and something that is precious and that time has treasured as a store of value that has been every government, every king, every queen, every emperor, every parliament, every country that's ever existed, they could not be precious metals, in particular, gold and silver. Uh, again, if you have any questions, I believe I got it figured out now. Put a question on there for me if I, I don't mind answering them. Also, uh, you know, I asked this last time, we count on your support. If you're watching this, it doesn't take but a second, but give it a thumbs up and please share this uh, information because we believe it's beneficial, not just to you. So don't be stingy, share it with your family and friends if you value them. Now, if we look at the natural resource space, it again, well, let me go back to bullion. When you're, when you're considering making a bullion purchase, stop watching only the spot price. 
big mistake, big mistake, big mistake. But I, I think it's important to always remind you of this. You must be cognizant of the premiums. And the best way to explain it is this way. The spot price is determined by future markets, something out of our purview of control, if you will. But the retail side, if you will, and of course you can have institutions as well, the premiums come up from what does a warehouse have physically in its inventory. And if there's nothing there and a lot of people are buying, the premium goes up. If a lot of inventory is there and demand is low, premiums are low. Your buying opportunity is right now. Premiums are low in the spot price for silver and platinum. They're low relative to gold. And the spot price, uh, the premiums, I'm sorry, for gold are actually low right now. So I am seeing a, a slight uptake, if you will, in physical precious metal purchases. They were a little slow in November, December. I'm starting to see an uptick. It wouldn't surprise me to see uh, premiums go up here in the near future. But right now, as of today's uh, viewing, it's a great time to buy. And my purchase, if I'm making a silver purchase, I'm going to look at junk silver because junk silver is number one divisible and it is a low premium price to the spot price. Right now it's 350 over spot, a correction 349 over spot. And when silver is out of favor, that the junk uh, silver premium, it has a low premium. I shared this with, uh, actually I shared this with uh, Mr. Greedy, Anita Greedy here earlier today. We were uh, talking about this. When, for some reason, and I can't explain it, and if, if you can, please throw, throw a comment here in the chat discussion here. But when the premium for junk silver is above eight bucks, my phone won't stop ringing. If it's 16 bucks over, as it was back in March, April, I couldn't sleep. Everyone wanted junk silver. But now it's 349 over spot. And last month, when we were having this discussion, it was 299 over spot. Uh, demand, there, there isn't much demand for it. Uh, and, and also something that Mr. Nitty Gritty and I discussed as well, we have specials, they're on our website, provenandprobable.com. The specials, however, aren't always the best value propositions. So sometimes, or in many instances, what you don't see is more important than what you do see. Now I'm gonna make you aware that there's always, that there's a better buying opportunity, but the reason there's a sale as we have on the Noah's Ark's one ounce coins from Armenia is, well, it's pretty simple. Inventory is high and the demand for it isn't that high. So we're going to try to um, sell them at a, at a low premium to you. But is that the best proposition? And to me, the answer is no. Junk silver is the best proposition right now. Silver Eagles are $4.99 over, which is still a, to me, option number two, uh, very, it's almost a 1A, 1B. But these two silver products, when demand comes, and the demand will come. When the demand gets high, the premiums over the spot price for those two said silver products, they go through the roof. And when they do, that is your opportunity to use that arbitrage to simply trade the junk silver, to trade the silver eagles in for uh, additional ounces of silver kangaroos, uh, any silver product that's out there because those premiums will not move up as much as junk silver and silver eagles. Going back, if my memory serves me correct, during the banking crisis, we had a uh, the eagles and the junk silver were 18 over spot. 
The kangaroos at the time, I believe, were $6.99 over the spot. So those were free ounces waiting for, for you. Uh, Moses, thank you for the help today, sir. You're more than welcome, sir. It's my absolute pleasure. Uh, and I have to just commend this gentleman right here. This gentleman, um, hats off to you, by the way. I, and I have to say, I, I, is you're top tier when it comes to favorite customers. I'll, I'll give it to you, credit where credit is due. You're an inspiration. You remind me of where I was when I started this endeavor. And I, I believe your resolve and your commitment will take you to places beyond where you, you can even fathom right now. But this gentleman is very consistent, very consistent for going, I think, three years now since we've been doing business together, very consistent with his purchases. And um, what, what tends to happen is that someone sees a spot price or a video and um, they get real excited and then they, they, they put all they can into one purchase. Mr. Nitty Gritty does it right. He's just consistent and he doesn't let emotion take over. And he uses logic, he uses the ratios. And uh, an intelligent young man, I commend you. Hats off to you, sir. And if again, so now going back, if you have the opportunity to simply think about what I said there, you could own more ounces of silver by buying silver today, junk silver and silver eagles, and waiting for the premiums to go up, and the spot price didn't even have to move. And you've increased your position by 30%, by 20%. And by the way, remember, precious metals for me is a savings account. It's financial insurance. This isn't my get-rich-quick card. I hope I never have to use my insurance because if I do, that means if I use my insurance, something bad happened. But here's an opportunity for you to increase your savings account by 30 70%, if you will, by just using the ratios, forgetting the noise, finding out what's the best opportunity within each said metal, once you've determined the ratios, which ones work best for you. And if you're using platinum or silver right now, there you go. Uh, if you're in, in terms of platinum now, when I'm looking at platinum, I love to purchase the 10th ounce. Why? Because I love divisibility. Um, so if I have an opportunity to purchase 10 one-tenth, which is one ounce, I'll do that over one ounce all day long. I, I, I think I have probably one of the largest <laughs> one, uh, one-tenth of an ounce platinum positions in the world. I'm not saying that arrogant or braggingly, but that's just how committed I am to it. Uh, I understand that when the metals right now as they are platinum are out of favor, and you buy platinum at a discount basically to gold, right? And you're, you have an opportunity to purchase something divisible, a strong little guy, a tenth of an ounce. And we're selling them right now, I think, for $129.98 over, you know, $129.98 for a tenth of an ounce. However, I'm buying these little guys, and then when the spot price for platinum goes beyond gold, which it will, when, I don't know. I'm great at identifying what's on sale. I cannot tell you when something's going to move. My gift, if you will, is identifying what's on sale. So now when the when the platinum price reaches and or exceeds the gold price, the premiums when I sell the one-tenth ounce, they're going to be much higher than if I were to liquidate a one-ounce uh, platinum coin. So And also, I can do it over a matter of time because I have a tenth of an ounce. So I have divisibility options versus if I have a 10-ounce a platinum bar 
or, uh, or multiple one ounce bars, right? This gives me an opportunity to just not use emotion and, and at my discretion, I can here sell, trade, if you will. I trade, I don't sell for cash. I trade one metal in for another because this is my savings account. But this is your opportunity, again, to use that arbitrage because the premiums right now, if you think the premiums are high now for a tenth of an ounce, just wait. Again, when platinum exceeds the price of gold, I don't know what it'll be because demand will push that premium high. Unknown to me at this moment. It'd be premature to even say that. Um, speaking now of uh, gifts, if you will, and identifying what's on sale, I had a question. I've been doing a number of uh, Zoom calls with prospective investors, if you will. And one of the questions was from a subscriber who asked me, why don't I cover uranium? And again, if you follow our work, we have probably 520 videos on YouTube. And if you do a search in my channel and look up uranium, you'll notice, proven and probable, we covered uranium in 2016, in 2017, in 2018, and 2019. Why? Because the spot price was around 18 bucks, 18, 24 bucks. I believe, I think once it reached 24, we didn't cover it as much. Again, identifying what's on sale because the spot price today is 82 bucks. Now everyone loves uranium. Well, I'm not surprised. Do I believe the value proposition uranium has reached its full potential? Absolutely not. I think it's going to go much higher still. But we were talking about it when no one was listening. We're talking about platinum when no one is listening. We were talking about rhodium when no one was listening. There's a recurring theme here. We were talking about palladium in 2016, swapping it out for platinum when no one was listening. So I'm not saying it arrogantly or egotistically. It's just I'm, I want to make sure that we, we understand. I am a contrarian within a contrarian. I want to identify what's on sale, and I want to exploit it to my best ability and share with my subscribers. The reason you don't hear about these value propositions that we covered at that time, uh, well, here's a great challenge. Please take a look at when those spot prices were low. And if you're watching another YouTube channel, I know you are. It's okay. <laughs> Put in those keywords, platinum, palladium, rhodium. When those prices were low, were they covering them? The chances are in uranium, were they covering them? The chances are they weren't. So it's fine if that platform wants to cover what, what's in, in, in you know, the flavor for the day, but we're not going to do that. We're going to stick with what's on sale. So there's a number of value propositions out there. And to me, the entire natural resource space is screaming buy. So we've left, we've discussed bullion. If you want to have a, you know, have a discussion with me, I welcome the opportunity. If you, if you have a question here, let me see what that says there. Uh, Mr. Nitty Gritty says, I wish I was a customer then. <laughs> no worries, sir. You are blessed abundantly more than you can imagine, and uh, I'm going to make sure I take care of you. I, that's, a, that's a personal commitment, all right? Now, if we go into the natural resource space, we could begin again with, let's begin with gold. As I shared then, as I share now, I would not be buying gold. If my personal position in my savings account with bullion, 15% of that is gold. I've satisfied in a percentage, per, uh, percentage point the gold I want. If I am now looking to add to gold, 
I am going to look at gold royalty, streaming companies, uh, actually royalty companies. I'm going to look at project generators, and I'm going to look at companies that are into um, late stage development. I'm looking at um, companies that have a um, that are looking to upgrade the mineral resource estimate. So I'm looking at these different uh, narratives within, if you will, and I and I owe a video to you to discuss the Lasan curve. And and I have a client that I I, uh, I need to acknowledge, ma'am. You know who you are, and I owe it to you. And I will get that out. <laughs> Shame on me. <laughs> okay, but the Lasan curve will help you is just as equally as I use the Dow Gold ratio and the ratios, if you will, for bullion. The Lasan curve will help you identify in the natural resource space what opportunities are out there for you. So again, for gold, if, if there was only one company I could own, and and uh, you know they are a partner of ours, but if there's only one company I could own, you know I have, I've satisfied my bullion position, correct? And if if there's only one company I could own, and I'm coming to the natural resource space, it's going to be EMX Royalty, and. And the way a royalty basically works in simple terms, I think of it as any royalty, they, and I'll use EMX royalty as, a, as an example here for how their business model works. And it's, it's a phenomenal business model. Um, you know, you have astute geological and business acumen. They identify uh, mineral, mineral uh, projects. And they are basically, think of it like this, backpack, right? geologists searching the surface and they've identified some prospective mineral properties and then they bring in a partner if you will and that partner will then uh, drill on that and then if they like it you know they'll they'll purchase the asset from emx royalty however emx royalty attaches a royalty with the the payment that they're receiving for the sale of the the property once that project gets into production they basically are getting a 1%, 2%, 3% on the volume, 4%. They're receiving a royalty for the life of that mine. So if a mine makes, you name it, pick a number, X amount of million bucks, they're getting 1%, 2%, 3%, but they have a, a por project portfolio that is the most massive, if you will, in the natural resource space. And so you combine that and... And what they've been able to do over the years, of course, they were in the sowing phase and now they're reaping the harvest. A question that was asked to me recently was, all right, everything seems to be going great for them from a financial standpoint. They've resolved the issue with Zijing Mining and in Serbia. So now the question is, um, why is the stock price going down? And the answer is, SSR Mining was a strategic partner. They decided, don't ask me why, but during the tax law season, they decided they wanted to relinquish or liquidate their non-core assets. In doing so, uh, they EMX was on the, one of the non-core assets or positions for them in their portfolio. So they sold all their shares and their warrants. And so now the stock price has come down a little bit. Conversely, for them to sell those uh, is a couple of million shares, for them to sell those shares, there had to be a buyer. And I have a Rolodex of names, I won't mention those names, but those Rolodex, those individuals in, in this space that you may watch that are interviewed frequently, they were buyers, if you will, of, um, of, of EMX when that uh, sell was going on. 
So again, if Prudent Capital is buying, when there's a sale, that's a good time for you to buy. I, again, I never complain when there's a sale on something that I want to buy. And so again, this is a great opportunity. If there's only one company I could own to be EMX Royalty. The next step up if, on my, my portfolio, if you will, it will be Project Generators. And, and actually, you know, another uh, a company that does have my attention is Impress Royalty. But EMX Royalty, from a royalty standpoint, and Franco, Nevada, so uh, full disclosure, Impress Royalty, we have no relationship with them. We like the value proposition. Franco, Nevada, we have no relationship with them. We like their value proposition. So those are the royalty companies that I would look at. And I am a shareholder of Franco, Nevada, and I'm a shareholder, of course, of EMX Royalty. I am not a shareholder of Impress Royalty, but they're on my radar. You step it up now in the portfolio, and now I'm looking at project generators, which are, again, are, if you will, the little brothers to the royalty companies. And there's only one name that really sticks out to me, and that is going to be Riverside Resources. Um, now, if we step it up now and look at metals that we like, and gold, silver, copper, now let me go back to gold because I did reference gold. Now, if I'm looking at individual gold plays, there's a number of them, and we're going to have an interview with one of the CEOs next week, so I'll, I'll start off with them. Gold Shore Resources. We'll have an interview with Brett Richards. If you have any questions for Mr. Richards, shoot me an email at contact at provenandprobable.com and or leave it here with me in, in this chat uh, discussion, and I'll try to answer the question if I can't answer it. If I can answer it, I'm sorry. If not, I'll forward it to Mr. Richards. But Gold Shore Resources, you have a, uh, a mineral resource estimate, 7 million ounces of gold. Now, it is in the weakest category which is in the inferred category. They're looking to update that mineral resource this year. And should those numbers even come half, let's just say it's 3 million ounces going to the indicated category, that gets a little bit more intriguing and it gets a lot more eyeballs on the company. But their management is stellar, uh, Mr. Richards, and he has a proven pedigree of success as each of these companies that we're gonna reference really have a proven pedigree of success. But what separates them it is uh, their project and their people. And I'm, I'm glad I actually thought about this as well. The resource stocks, contrary to popular belief, they are not footstop. They are not a leverage to the metal prices. The metal prices are strong, in particular gold. So if the gold stocks, mining stocks and exploration stocks are a leverage to gold, then why aren't those resource stocks high right now? So it proves to you that that is an incorrect investment thesis. These are individual plays that have uh, germane to them a competitive advantage and or weakness. And they're all being sold at a discount, but just to prove to you the thesis that they're leveraged to the gold price, I don't agree with it. And I think this is a great example. We're seeing it today as prices are depressed on these resource stocks. So instead of me buying gold bullion, because I've satisfied my physical bullion position for gold at 15%. I'm looking at EMX Royalty, Franco Nevada, Empress Royalties on my uh, my radar. Then again, I'm also looking at uh, Riverside Resources and now specific companies I'm looking at that just focus on gold because the other companies, the royalty companies, their project portfolios are, are expansive in what their uh, the, the, the mineral projects have 
It could be zinc, it could be gold, it could be copper. So those aren't exactly just gold plays, if you will. They're, they're, they're broader than that. But if I'm looking at gold plays, gold show resources is one. Um, Emperor Metals is another one. Um, so we have Impress Royalty, not to be confused with Emperor Metals, is another one. And we'll have the CEO, I'm hoping, on our program here in the near future. We've been trying to get the CEO to come on the show. And due to different reasons, we just haven't been able to, to make that come to fruition. Uh, if, I, if I may, I'm going to digress here. Not digress, uh, but if I'm going to look here, um, gold plays as well that I think um, would benefit you. Let's take a look at, uh, yeah, Gold 79 Mines. We plan to have them on the show this month. That is a very intriguing value proposition. I'm a big shareholder of Gold 79 Mines. They're in the Walker Lane in Nevada. So they're in the right location, they have a great strategic partner, and they conducted a financing recently, and that strategic partner also participated in that, and I think they're going to have some catalysts coming out here in the near future, and I'm very excited about where Gold 79 Mines is. Another gold play that I love, 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 is Line 1 Metals. That is in Fiji, it's an alkaline deposit, and you talk about Bonanza Great Gold, it's there. Walter Burkhoff, the CEO, he, he's, he's a wealth builder. And this is probably his final project, if you will. And um, he's going to go out on a great send-off. And the stock price is at 85 cents right now. So it's a great buying opportunity, in my opinion. Line 1 Metals, they will be in production here in the first quarter of the year. Very exciting on that one. Another uh, gold uh, proposition that... Uh, I didn't cover last month, and I should have, and shame on me, Grizzly Discoveries. I just made a big uh, investment in Grizzly Discoveries, two, re this year, within a year, back in June, and then as of this week. Uh, so I participated in both financings, and they are a partner. But Grizzly Discoveries, in the Greenwood District of uh, British Columbia, and the CEO is Brian Grizz Testo. Shout out to Mr. Testo. Sir, how you doing? Uh, if you're online with us today. And um, that could be a project that could go into production within 18 to 24 months. Historic Mining District had 7 million, 8 million ounces of gold and 700 uh, million pounds of copper historically in this area. And things have kind of been dormant there in the last 30 years for different reasons. We did a great interview uh, with Mr. Michael Dufresne, who's one of the lead geologists for them. If you go onto our website, the interview was conducted, our YouTube channel, the, the interview was conducted back in October. I'd encourage you to watch that, and then you'll understand why I just put it into this financing with um, Grizzly Discoveries. So again, great value proposition there. Uh, and, and think about copper for a minute, because we just covered copper. In the next 20 years, we're going to consume more copper than all of recorded history combined. And it doesn't stop after 20 years. The demand is going to continue to grow. All the mines that basically have been mining copper, they're getting long in tooth, meaning you have to go very deep. They're running out. And there's no new projects really coming online to meet the growing demand. So you're able to buy copper. If you like uranium right now, this is your opportunity to buy copper where uranium was at 18 bucks, right here, right now. And there's some stellar companies, if you will, one that's not a partner of ours, Chicana Copper, 
but uh, very intriguing. They have a financing going on right now, and they're in Peru. Stellar management, by the way, um, Mr. Kelly. Uh, he and I have had some conversations here recently, but that's one to really take a look at. And there's some big names that are participating in that financing, but to find out more on that, contact Mr. Kelly, and that's Chicana Copper. Uh, another one I, I just love, Granite Creek Copper, and you can also include their brother, if you will, and that's going to be Metallic Minerals. Very compelling value propositions in copper for these two companies, but Metallic Minerals, if you will, uh, you have silver as well, and um, their management has been able to get strategic partners to come in and buy their stock at a premium, whereas the retail investors, I, I, if I go back to this summer, uh, they had, uh, and please forgive me because I, it's metallic minerals and still water critical minerals, so it's three companies and Grand Creek Copper, but two of the three had strategic partners come in, buy at a premium, and the stock has only gone down. This is your opportunity to buy these said companies with proven management, great projects in the United States, in Canada, so the jurisdictions are very favorable and they're, they're going for copper, they're going for silver. And again, this is called the Metallic Group of Companies. And the three companies are Metallic Minerals, Stillwater Critical Minerals, and Granite Creek Copper. They're all the same in many regards uh, because of their, their management is, is shared, their technical team is shared. And um, you talk about an upside that, that could be just remarkable for any one of these three. But to be able to, to attract strategic partners at a premium, and the strategic partners were coming like five, six million. This is a, a sign when strategic partners, institutions come in and buy a stock at a premium, they've done their due diligence much more than, than you and or I could do. And if they're willing to deploy that capital, they realize the value proposition is extremely compelling with the possibility of going up. And if I recall, Metallic Minerals, back in 2020, went from 13 cents to a buck 30. Now that's a 10 bagger. Were you there? We were. <laughs> and I want you to be there now because right now the stock is back to, I think 31 cents last time I looked. Stillwater Critical Minerals around 17 cents. Granite Creek Copper makes no sense. I think they're at four cents. And these are all Canadian prices, by the way. Um, so the, the value propositions are extremely compelling. And, you know, as I love platinum and palladium, if I'm not purchasing platinum and palladium, then I am going to buy Stillwater Critical Minerals because it's one third nickel and I love nickel. One third nickel, one third, if you will, uh, palladium, and then others, other metals, meaning platinum, rhodium, cobalt, copper, gold, silver. They have it all. They're in Montana. Shout out to Mr. Uh, Michael Raleigh, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, Greg Johnson and Scott Petzl with Metallic Minerals, and then Tim Johnson, again, with uh, Granite Creek Copper. These are extremely compelling value propositions you should take a look at before the market identifies them, and they're on sale. Um, let's see here. Who did I miss? Oh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. Dolly Varden Silver. If you love silver and you call yourself a stacker, you first want to own the bullion, and I get it, and you should call me for the bullion. Once you do that, the two silver companies you should look at are going to be, number one would be uh, uh, Metallic Minerals, because it is a silver play as well as a copper play. 
but a pure plate of silver, if you will, is going to be Dolly Varden silver. And they just made a strategic investment within the Golden uh, Triangle of British Columbia. They just purchased a project. Uh, I'll, I'm, I uh, plan to get Mr. Kun Kun, uh, the CEO of Dolly Varden Silver, on our program here to discuss that opportunity and what's uh, coming online for this year because they have a number of drill results that are still pending from last year. Uh, the drill program, I'm excited to hear about that. And we covered. Dolly Barton Silver, I think back in October, and the stock was 73 cents, and it recently, I think, reached 96 cents. So you, you had a 20% increase. If you, again, you listen to our buy opportunities that we like, and you took action on it, and you purchased it, and if you decided to sell, we didn't. But if you decided to sell, there was a 20% increase in, in 60 days. So... There are a number of companies out there that, yes, we didn't cover, but if they're a partner of Proven and Probable, uh, another one for copper, uh, Black Wolf is one to uh, Morgan Lextrom. Another uh, play that we like as well is uh, West Red Lake uh, Gold, and that's going to be a, a very intriguing proposition as uh, they, they've got a, a stellar management team there. You, you name it, they, they've got some <laughs> firepower there. So if you like lithium, uh, a play that we like on lithium is going to be Rover Metals. I had an opportunity to chat with the CEO prior uh, to this call, and uh, <clears throat> we think there's going to be some press releases coming out in the near future. Looking forward to having him on the program, but that's a play in Nevada, a lithium play that uh, is on sale, in my opinion. We've been shareholders of Rover Metals uh, since 20. 2017, and I don't believe we've ever sold a share. So uh, they were at one time a gold play in the um, Yellowknife district, and then they transitioned into battery metals. So they have now a portfolio of gold still, but it is transitioned more to battery metals. So that's one, if you like battery metals, Rover Metals is one to look at. Stillwater Critical Minerals is another one to look at. Um, <clears throat> and I don't think we have any additional questions. Uh, and I'm coming um, impromptu on this live. I happened to check into my hotel. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, my favorite U.S. city. And I decided to reach out to uh, my subscribers. Granted, I know people will watch it after, but I wanted to make sure I, I speak to you. Uh, my wife and many of you have gotten on me to engage more with you and show my face and, and let you know what we're doing. And I do owe it to you, ma'am, to get the Lasan curve on. Uh, does anyone have any further questions for me? Uh, I'd be happy to answer them. I'll, I'll stay by for just a couple more seconds here. If not, then I uh, I appreciate you stopping by. Again, if you're watching this, we count on your support. Click the thumbs up. Leave a comment. Um, even if it's not in this discussion thread, if you're watching it after the live is over, leave a comment in the comment section. We value your feedback, uh, good and or bad. <clears throat> and I'm reminded as well. Two years ago, I did publish a video regarding how you can buy precious metals. Uh, that video is on the home channel of our YouTube channel. And I would encourage you to revisit that as well, because what I said two years ago then, it applies today just as much. It helps you avoid the nuances and the pitfalls that you often encounter when you're watching a show uh, that is is promoting precious metals and you hear certain narratives out there that we don't cover we're not going to cover naked short sales we're not going to cover comex deliveries 
we're not going to cover uh, manipulation. Not that those narratives aren't true, but the reality is, is all markets are manipulated. And as Bob Moriarty, someone who I, I love and admire, uh, shout out to Mr. Bob Moriarty, uh, and I need to get Mr. Moriarty back on the show. But if, if Mr. Moriarty said it best, all markets are manipulated. And if silver is so manipulated, how does it move from, you know, 15 bucks to 25 bucks? That, that's a nice move. If anyone in the last five years had an investment uh, that moved from 15 to 25, that's a pretty nice move. You wouldn't complain about that. So there's a lot of logic in that response. There, there are buzzwords that are used. And I think if you focus on the buzzwords and not use the ratios, you will find yourself looking at the phone, checking the spot price every minute you can. And if the spot price doesn't go up, you'll get upset and you can't sleep and you get frustrated and irritable. I know because I was that person. If you use the ratios, you're not checking the spot price every two minutes. And when you have the opportunity to buy precious metals, you just look at the ratios. You take a deep breath and you realize what's on sale. And then from that metal, you identify which one has the best premium for you to buy right now. That's how you make, uh, that's how you build wealth in, in, in this space. That's my obligation to use to help you become wealth builders. I don't care where you are right now. You may feel intimidated that you're not in that position. I want to change that for you. I want to empower you. That's my job. That's what I always endeavor to do, to be honest with you and to look out for your best interests. So I don't use those words. And I'm not saying that the narrative is false, but again, it's worth noting. All the YouTube channels that discuss that, they do not, and I repeat, they cannot, do not match the returns that I provide for my subscribers. I stand by that. You can go to my YouTube channel. I'm sorry, you can go to my website. Look at my call on Rhodium. Those channels that promote manipulation, naked short sales, and look at the, the, the trading that's going on right now. Great information. I'm not saying this bovine feces, but what I am saying is, where was your call on Rhodium? And you get that long, awkward silence, if I recall from the movie Shrek. <laughs> so you have to just remain unemotional use the ratios also um, on our website as i'm looking at it right now there's an education tab i would implore you to go to the education tab in every january and uh, I, I do this every january you can ask my wife you can ask my kids there's a book i read it's a very foundational reading it's called the richest man of babylon i know it like the back of my hand but i read it every january to remind me of the ethos that make and build wealth. And it reminds me to not chase the shiny object, but to use logic, to remove emotion, and to just analyze with just common sense what's on sale. So the richest man in Babylon is, uh, you go to the tab, it just takes you to Amazon. I don't benefit anything from you buying it. Uh, the second book I would encourage you to read equally is a 1A, 1B. Nobody knows anything Bob Moriarty. My kids were reading that book in the fourth grade. So it's a simple read. But the, le the lessons learned or taught in that, I should say, by Bob Moriarty, who's, who's a wealth builder, uh, a brilliant mind, he's sharing with you in a very condensed, simple version 
how you can be successful in this space. Um, the, the other book, if I were to start off again with another book to read, the would be Economics in One Lesson. And germane to the natural resource space, if you're looking now, if you're moving away from bullion and you want to learn more about resource stocks, mineral exploration and mining essentials, that's a great one. That is a great one for you to read. And, uh, you know, in another Bob Moriarty book, What Became of the Crow? That gives you a great introspective look or perspective look at how uh, the natural resource place uh, space works. When you're looking at a stock and you're wondering why the stock price go down, you realize all the politics that are behind it, that are behind the scenes that don't make a uh, um, that don't make a press release, right? But you you start to realize there's there's sabotaging that goes on. There's all kinds of little nuances that one would never even think about. And when you read what became of the crow, it's the story of Nova Resources. You can see whoa, there's there's more to this than just press releases and drill results. There's backstabbing, there's greed. And so it's a great read. It's, it's a great read for an entrepreneur. It's a great read for a speculator. And in particular, a speculator in the natural resource space. That's a must read. <clears throat> Mr. Nitty Gritty asks, how can we take advantage of the premium changes when we hold physical metals? Oh, very simple. Great question. Thank you. You contact you contact me. The 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 process is just the opposite. I will send you a, a form to complete. It gives you instructions on your mailing instructions. And uh, you just follow those instructions and you send them to Miles Franklin. Prior to that, I would give you a buyback price. As, you know, when you contact me to make a purchase, I give you, you know, anyone knows, uh, most of the correspondence is going to be, when I give a price, it's via text message and or email, but it's going to be text message. I provide you a quote and you, you provide, you respond back, I approve. It's the same. I provide you a quote and you state you approve and then we give you instructions to send the metals back and once we receive it, if there isn't a dramatic change in anything, um, you're going to get redemption either in the metal for one metal, right? We can make the transaction happen then or if you want currency, then you just, we already have your um, banking instructions anyway, so we can wire it to you if you need it immediately or we can send it to you via ACH, which is the opposite of how most of our transactions are conducted via ACH, which means in one or two business days, if you make a purchase with us, the funds come out of your account and the opposite would happen here. We receive your medals and you say, hey, send it to my bank account via bank draft and in one or two business days, you would receive uh, currency for your medals. And the, uh, again, if you wanted to trade in your medal for another medal, then now we swap that medal, do a one for one swap, if you will, and then send you your new medals. It's a great question. Thank you for that. And it looks like you're the only one proactive speaking here. Does anyone have any other questions for me? I'll take a quick drink here. I'm wondering if there's something else that I didn't cover with you. Um, oh, there is. We just released an interview with Dime Core Mining. So I didn't talk about diamonds. Ladies and gentlemen, the first eight minutes of listening to this interview, you will come away with probably 
wanting to buy diamonds because you now have a uh, the CEO is Dean Taylor and I spoke with him um, earlier today but Mr. Taylor gives you a macro perspective of what's going on in the diamond space and in the diamond space I won't take away uh, the thrill of the, the, the dialogue because I, I want you to watch the video but there were he, he basically outlines why the price of diamonds has come down and where it's going why it it appears it will be going up he outlines a fundamental case for it and in particular for dime core mining we are a shareholder they are not a partner of ours but uh, we're long-term shareholders of dime core mining and we're going to be adding to our position but if you're not into diamonds and that may be new like why who what when where why you're the only one talking about diamonds good because we want to be the ones to say we told you so so if you're looking if you're not looking at diamonds we did a release uh, release a video last week dime core mining uh the title of it well you'll see this is probably the first video if you go onto our channel but uh, give me one second here the title of the video is dime core mining Diamond sector set to surge, and it's correct. The, the the sector is set to surge, not just dime core mining. Now that's a forward-looking statement, but if you listen to the interview, I think you'll come away convinced as well. So the fundamentals are there. The again, it's kind of like we talked about metallic minerals. We talked about uh, Stillwater critical minerals, where you have strategic partners. They're coming in and buying. It's the retail people, the U's and I's, we're not buying per se. And so there's little volume, and when there's little volume, it just takes a couple, you know, it takes someone just to sell for whatever reason. And when they sell, it makes the price very volatile. But dime core mining right now is, I think, at six cents Canadian. That company has a market cap. If let me let me research just real quick, the company has a market cap, I believe, of five million. If that is correct, so if the company has a market cap of five million, they already have an investment in their mind, and they're strategically located with De Beers, and they have Louis Vuitton and Tiffany and company as strategic partners, all right? So those are strategic partners. They're adjacent to De Beers, but their market cap is, uh, let me confirm this here. So their market cap right now, there it is, Dimecore Mining. All right, seven million. Just finding one of their diamonds, they you know, one of the diamonds they find of high carat value, they could meet their market cap in one one day. And by the way, um, they've invested over a hundred million already into their project. You're getting it for free. <laughs> but understanding as well, watch the video and you'll see why the share price is reduced right now, why it's a great time to buy, and why the diamond sector is set to surge. And uh, we have someone new here. Uh, hello, Henry. Hello, Maurice again. Oh, <laughs> oh, great to hear from you, sir. I know who you are. Okay, Max, good. Uh, sir, do you have any questions for me? And I'm glad you're here. I'll wait for Max to ask a question. And I see there are six people that are on right now with us. If you have a question, please, I'll, I, I don't mind speaking with you. I'm here for you. You know, one of the things about Proven and Probable, the reason I created it is... I love people, I love teaching, and I love investing. I eat, sleep, and drink this all day. It's just I'm not on camera. Now I am, and so I'm here. I'll be here for three hours if you have questions. This is why I'm here. I'm here for you. I believe we have the best subscribers in the world, and um, 
I owe it to you if I have an opportunity to answer a question for you and here I am, uh, give me the question. I'll do my best to answer it. And Max, I know you got a question for me. Come on. And the other individuals that are watching, please come on in, ask a question. And while, while I'm waiting for a question, I want to see if there's something I missed here. Um, ah, Mr. Nitty Gritty, great question. Are we able to purchase physical diamonds or just the stock? Just the stock, okay? Because if, if we purchase the diamonds, that's, they are, uh, so Dimecore Mining sells the diamonds in, uh, on, on a bigger market, if you will, to the wholesalers. So you're buying diamonds or you're investing in a company that's exploring for diamonds and that sells the diamonds off in the market. And uh, they are going to be cash flowing. One of the challenges they had as well last year was uh, electrical issues. So now they have their own power grid. So the electrical is issues with ESCOM are resolved. And um, it's, it's a very compelling value proposition because you find out in the interview uh, what's going on with Russia and sanctions and how they're going to play into this again. Uh, let me see here. Can I scroll down here? Uh, does it? It does. Okay. All right. Mr. Fritz Bender. Okay. Do you know how much is used for industrial use? Uh, are you industrial use percentage wise? Are you referring to diamonds, sir? And uh, I'll wait for Mr. Bender to ask that question. I believe he is referring to diamonds. So um, the answer to that is actually in the interview. I want to make sure I quote it correctly. But in terms of diamonds, give me a second here. I got Chief Cavalier here. Hold on one second. Put this on mute. Give me one second, uh, folks. I'm just trying to answer uh, Mr. Bender's question here regarding diamonds. So what's interesting, and, and I'll kind of talk here briefly about this as well. When you're thinking of diamonds, the the mistake or the perception is, is that on diamonds, everything's jewelry. That's incorrect. You have industrial slash rough diamonds, and then you have gem diamonds. And the industrial diamonds, you think of sandpaper. That's diamonds. Think of drilling for drill cores. There's nothing harder than diamonds. So diamond usage isn't just for the uh, jewelry industry. That, that is incorrect, all right? Um, I see there's some questions, and I just wanted to answer the question for Mr. Bender here because it should be... All right. 20% is gem and 80%. So just think about that. Most people think of diamonds as gem, and it only makes up 20% of the, the industry. So... 80% is industrial slash rough diamonds, okay? Now, let's see here. So, Mr. Bender, I encourage you, watch that interview. The first eight minutes, it's, it's going to answer a lot of your questions. That's a great question, by the way. So, and that again, that's Dime Core Mining. We released it last week. Diamond sector set to surge. All right, now let me go back here. Um, I came in late, but I hear you're talking about the diamond mining. Okay, what are the base fundamentals for diamond market to surge? Maybe top two or three points. All right. I hope I answered that, Henry, but okay, if not. So, well, I guess I'm kind of giving, uh, spilling the beans here, but it's best to hear it from the source. So what's what's occurred in the diamond space? Inventory was overbought. And Russia was able to basically sell their diamonds, although there was a, um, there were sanctions or bans on it, 
but they were selling it to India and then India would polish them and then India would sell them and it was not recognized that the, the source was actually from Russia. There's now a new sanction imposed beginning the 1st of January and that's no longer going to happen. And so uh, companies that were buying, if you will, from India feel that they have a, a, a social obligation uh, companies that don't want their names tarnished because they're supporting Russia. So what they're going to make sure they do is they're not going to get them basically from Russia. They, it has to be validated that the diamonds did not come from Russia. So it can't be secondary. It came from Russia to India and now India sells it. Okay, now that's fine because it didn't come directly from Russia. That game is over. So that's, that's a big, big uh, catalyst coming up here for diamonds. So let me go back here. I uh, see there's some more here. Diamonds. I don't know about diamonds. Okay. Are they finding any other minerals? No. So uh, they're near, they're, they're surface mining. They're just basically with a backhoe, if you will. They're surface mining um, there, and it's just diamonds. That is a pure diamond plate. And uh, yes, so they're, they're a mining company, by the way. They're not, they're not an exploration company. They, they're, they've been selling diamonds. They sold a, a 92, let's see here. I've covered them uh, before on this. They cover, they, all right, I think it's right here. I'm, I'm skimming through the video. I'm looking at, there it is. So, well, another catalyst for them. This was great to know. So as you know, with, uh, we're still speaking about Dynecore mining. What, if you watch the video and you go to the 1048 second mark, what they're able to do is their price per carat that they're selling, um, they're able to sell their diamonds at basically 250 bucks per carat, where the industry average is 100 bucks per carat. So that's a competitive advantage that they're selling, you know, their, their profit margins are, are high. Uh, their location, they're sharing the mill with De Beers. De Beers is the diamond miner of the world, if you will. And they're adjacent to their project, which, so they're sharing everything. The, when you go into the, the project, project is called the Cronendora. So when you go into the Cronendora at Venetia, when you go in, it's just basically, the, you go through the main entrance. If you go one way, you're at De Beers. If you go another way, you're at Dynecore Mining. But whatever gets extracted goes through the mill, which is a shared mill at, at De Beers. And De Beers is a partner of Dynecore Mining. Um, so again, compelling value proposition. If I'm looking at diamonds, not that I'm opposed to De Beers, but I'm looking at the little guy that's on sale. And the little guy that's on sale, that's got Louis Vuitton as a partner, Tiffany and Company as a partner, and De Beers. Everything's right here. They've already put $100 million into their, into their uh, project, and their market cap $7 million. That's, to me, uh, a simple sale. All right. Oh, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. I want to see if there was uh, another company oh coal we didn't cover coal coal um if you're interested in energy you should consider coal company that we own is peabody energy credit goes out to giant Bandari, who i need to get back on the show my goodness mr Bandari, i have an apology on that uh but mr Bandari referenced coal in our last interview and the symbol is btu i am a shareholder they are not a partner but if you like coal, which you should, because this is a cash cow, BTU is, is one to consider 
for energy as well. In uranium, I didn't reference this, but the uranium companies I like, I like royalty companies. So we could go back to the initial comment we were making uh, when I was referencing Franco Nevada, Impress Royalty and EMX Royalty. I do own uranium royalty. Uh, that ticker symbol is uh, U-R-O-Y. And that's Scott Milby. You talk about that. He's Mr. Uranium. So he's running the show there. I like that uh, royalty proposition. Another uranium company I like is Fission Uranium. And uh, they're in the Athabasca in Canada. I've been on site. Ross McElroy there is the CEO. Uh, the previous CEO was Dev Renthauer. Uh, I, I like Fission 3.0. They're a project generator for uranium. Uh, so they're like the sister company, if you will, for Fission Uranium. And I also, um, Sky Harbor Resources, they're a hybrid. Uh, Sky Harbor Resources is also in the Athabasca and they have their own project. They have strategic partners in, uh, in, from China and from France. And they also have a, a, a project portfolio which they use as a project generation model. So they have their own flagship and then they, they uh, use the remaining part of their non-core assets is a project generator all right uh as concerns for mr bender okay as concerns silver all right so uh the any concerns silver uh, buy now or see if it goes lower no uh, it's not a matter of trying to time the market I buy at a minimum every two weeks. When I buy, 65% of what I buy is platinum. I'm a robot every two weeks at a minimum. Now, sometimes I might buy on a weekly basis, but I'm a robot and 65% of what I buy is physical platinum. I'm a robot. If you try to time the markets, that's where emotion comes in, right? Because if, if I sell precious metals. I talk with wholesalers daily. We don't know where the spot price is gonna be in two minutes. So when you hear somebody forecasting a price, yes, I agree the price should be higher on the metals, but they're not. And for someone to come onto a show and say, aha, this is why, and tomorrow's gonna be, go through the roof, that's a sales tactic, buyer beware. That's why, on Proven Improbable, I never asked Rick Rule, who I need to get back on the show, Giant Badari, uh, Mickey Fult, Bob Moriarty, I never asked them, uh, so what's your projection on gold? Where's the price of gold gonna be? Because it's disingenuous. To me, it'd be a, uh, and they wouldn't answer it anyway because they, they also feel the same way I do. We don't know where the price is going to be. So it's just incumbent upon you to not focus on the spot price. Buy when you can and buy what has the best premium. And the best premium, if you missed it earlier, is junk silver right now for silver. Second is going to be silver eagles. And again, if you missed the earlier part to that is because those are your arbitrage plays in physical silver. And then you can go back to the question that Mr. Nitty Gritty asked. Okay, when is time to sell or trade in? How does the process work? You trade in your silver, junk silver and silver eagles, swap them out for your silver kangaroos. Silver can you know, if we think this out logically as well, a silver kangaroo, the purity of it is four nines, right? Point nine, 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 nine. It has to be imported all the way from Australia. A silver eagle is three nines and a three, and it's domestic. Now, logic says what? 
the kangaroo is going to cost more. It's higher purity and it has to be imported. You look at duty costs, import and duty costs, all that. No, markets do not function rationally. If you're a subscriber to Proven and Probable, the way I want you to think of yourself, if possible, if you watch the nature shows, you have the cheetahs and you have, uh, sorry, just a question. It was a palladium. No, a platinum miner named by chance. No, there was not, but I'm going to answer that question in just a second. Let me finish this thought, please. So the way I want you to think of it is this way. When you watch a na the, the National Geographic, I remember watching it as a kid, and you would see the lions, they're in a herd, right? And they see the wildebeest, and they stalk them. And then when they finally catch one, they're fighting over this one kill. And then you see, you see a cheetah or a... Uh, a leopard, and, you, and I use I like to use the leopard actually better because they're solitary. So a leopard is watching the same herd of wildebeest, if you will, that the lions were, but he's looking for a lone calf. And when you see the cameras as they both go through their hunts, they catch their prey. What you see is the cheetah, uh, the not the cheetah, the leopard has his kill and he's in the tree and he's eating his kill. Now the lions are fighting over the kill. They switch the camera back to the leopard and now he's licking his paws. And he's got a full belly and he's in the shade. That's the type of person or speculator you want to be. Let the masses fight for the, the junk silver when it's eight over spot, when it's 16 over spot, when it's 18 over spot. Let them have it. Sell it to them. There you go. Take it. Be the leopard. Now you own more ounces because you've traded in a high premium product, although the spot price did not change, a high premium product because physical demand went up. You trade it in for your kangaroos or your Noah's Armenian Noah's Ark or whatever your, your other sovereign coin is of choice. Or if you wanted to get a, a private minted product, you know, kilo bars, 100 ounce bars, you name it. There's your opportunity. So I, I would like to use the analogy, if you may, that I like to think of myself as the leopard in the tree with a full belly in the shade. Let the lions fight over there. You know, let them go to the YouTube channels that bring on these guys that say these things uh, and let them fight for the high premiums. I don't understand the logic behind that, but I think, well, I do understand it. Many people take comfort if they're part of a group. I believe in being educated, being honest, and standing on my own two feet and in empowering you in that same way so that you don't need the herd. You don't need to be, uh, uh, you know, you can stand on your own. That's what this is all about. That's why I'm having this conversation with you. That's why we started Proven Improbable, for you to stay away from her because even within contrarians, there's even, as Rick Rule has pointed out, using the Pareto's Law. Let's, let me pause there for a second, Pareto's Law. So right, if you're in the natural resource space, you're watching videos like this, uh, if you're an investor speculator, right, most investors, 60% here, Pareto's Law goes, Say it basically states that 20% of all the utility comes from a certain group, while the remaining 80% is mediocre and or subpar. So now, using Pareto's law, 80% are in general equities, owning IBM, Tesla, blah, 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 right? Now you get into the Pareto, right, the 20%. Within that 20%, you have individuals that are in the resource stocks, if you will. So the individuals in the resource stocks and bullion, they're here in this 20%. But Rick Rule points out that within the 20%, there's another 20%. So there's actually a 4% that really have the highest returns. And that's where I want you to be. And how do you get there is you become the leopard, not the lions. So good, maybe we could use this analogy. 
The wildebeest are the general people that are in the general equities, right? The lions are the 20% in Pareto's law. And then the 4% have the best results. That's the leopards. Probably the best way to explain it that way. Uh, Mr. Nitty Gritty, you asked, was a platinum miner named by chance? No. I don't, uh, you, you could say Sabanye, but Sabanye, Sabanye is a, uh, out of South Africa. They purchased the Stillwater mine in Montana, but that's a Palladium play. Uh, they're a great company. And again, they're adjacent to Stillwater Critical Minerals, who owns the Stillwater West. This is Montana. But if I, so if you're, if, if you're more on a beta play, you could say beta meaning you believe the price is going to go up and who's going to supply the world with it immediately. Sabanye could be that answer. I don't have the ticker, ticker symbol right now, but Sabanye is, is the answer to that. If I were to own a miner, and I do not own them and they're not a partner, but I like the ones that have the best upside because I'm looking at Stillwater Critical Minerals. They're adjacent to them, right? 25 kilometers. There's three mines that Sabanya owns on the Stillwater. So you got Stillwater and Stillwater West. Stillwater West is, is adjacent slash south of the Stillwater uh, complex. I like the opportunity where as they continue to upgrade their mineral resource, um, the further they delineated Stillwater Critical Minerals, the further they, they delineate Stillwater West, the obvious, and I don't have any insight on this, but the obvious takeover would be Sabanye because they're running out of inventory in the Stillwater. So it makes sense for them to buy a, 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 a rich project that has the same metals that they're extracting right now. So it just makes sense, not saying that they will, but that would be an obvious takeover in the future. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Fritz. Yes, okay. Uh, South Africa is having much trouble producing energy. Yes, well, that's correct because they've had issues, which we talked about diamond core mining. And uh, interesting to note, the reason I love platinum as well, it's not that it's, you know, it's 30 times more rare than gold, but 78% of it comes from South Africa. And as you just pointed out, Fritz, thank you. Uh, Mr. Bender, uh, you pointed out that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I missed, I missed something here. What was the coal name? The coal name was Peabody Energy. The ticker symbol is BTU. All right. And Henry pointed out that it was, uh, no, it's, you said BTS. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm catching part of what both of you are saying here. Okay. So for the coal, it is BTU and it's Peabody Energy. No worries, my bad. Okay. Now, South Africa, glad you pointed this out. So Dime Core Mining had this issue. So their their production stopped last year uh, because energy issues. So they got their own grid. Because ESCOM is the, the energy producer there in South Africa. So with platinum, 78% of it comes from South Africa. It basically cost them the spot price to get platinum out of the ground. That's a situation that just can't continue much. When I don't know that, that that stops, but it's a situation that can't continue forever. So it's not that platinum is rare, is that it also provides utility. And when we think about platinum, what many people may not realize is that platinum gets used in number one diesel engines where palladium does not. 
It was substituted in combustible engines, but they're coming back now because the spot price for platinum was actually uh, four times lower, five times, four times lower than palladium. Two, uh, back in September 2021, palladium was 3,200. Platinum was like 800. So the automotive industry has now been recalibrating to use platinum again in the ice, which is in internal combustion engines. But the hybrid cars actually require more platinum because you have a car, the hybrid where, you know, the engine stops. So that hot, cold temperature change requires more platinum. And so they actually use more platinum. So as the increase of hybrids has gone up, so has the increase in, uh, is going to, the demand will continue to grow. The real catalyst, I believe, for platinum as well within the automotive industry, so catalytic converters, clean air, is in hydrogen fuel cells. My understanding right now is going to require three times the amount of platinum in a hydrogen fuel cell car than it does in the ice, in diesel, in hybrid vehicles. Not as much hybrid because hybrid requires more platinum. So the upside from just from an industrial standpoint is very compelling. You also have to consider that it's used for jewelry. And the way I've always thought about it is silver is for the people. Gold is for the nation and platinum is for nobility. And, you know, would you, you know, I have an American Express card. What is the, the, the pre, premier card for them? It's a platinum card, right? You don't, the gold card is fine, but everybody wants a platinum card. Nobody wants a silver card. There's, there's, a, there's a psychological uh, point to it as well. Think about any membership you have. When you have a membership somewhere, they always tier, usually in medals. But nobody ever thinks about, well, why don't I own the metals? They want to have a gold membership, but they don't want to own gold. But platinum is always the, the preeminent name or metal to have. So uh, value proposition for platinum to me is, is one I'll continue to buy and exploit as long as the market continues to give it to me on a two-to-one ratio to gold. Because ultimately, what I plan to do is I plan to swap out that platinum for gold. You know, I, I love gold. I mean, here, here I'm wearing gold now, right? I love gold, but uh, it's a beautiful metal, you know, because it, it gold separates itself from, from all the other metals because it's, it's the only metal that's that color. You really can't look at platinum, palladium, rhodium, distinguish it from, from another coin. And by the way, back to that, if I'm buying a tenth of an ounce of platinum, the platinum, uh, tenth of an ounce, if a thief comes into my home, hypothetically, they're the size of a dime. I assure you, no thief is going into a home and is going to pick up a dime, what they believe is a dime. But here you are owning a coin that is, you know, size of a dime, and it's 129 bucks right now. They don't realize it. They don't understand it. They're ignorant. And so it's just, now if I have a big shiny coin or a big 100-ounce bar or something, even a thief might know, hey, that's different and it's shiny. I might take it with me, plus it's heavy. So just something to think about. Uh, I remember platinum albums. That's right. <laughs> Again, uh, it gold meant that you sold um, 500 cal. <coughs> excuse me, 500 to a million. And once you reach platinum, it's above a million. So again, there, there it is. It's, it's the metal. Platinum is the metal to own. Uh, it's the elite tier metal. Uh, during the Queen's Jubilee, if I'm not mistaken, she was wearing a uh, platinum crown. So there it is again. Platinum. And occasionally we run into this. Uh, this comes up probably 
He came up with 2016. I believe the last time he came up was 2019. But I remember 2016, uh, I interviewed Jim Rickards on the day he released his book, The New Case for Gold. And uh, should have him back on the show as well. He, he's a pretty good pool player, by the way. But uh, Mr. Rickards and I discussed, of course, gold and the new case for gold. What I asked him, I think is a question that no, no one's asked him, is that Congress, every couple years, and I usually hear it from the left, they want to have a coin, a big coin, to pay off the deficit, not the debt. So it's supposed to be some big platinum coin, and you stamp one trillion on it. Now, it's not worth one trillion, but it gets proposed every once in a while. So if I'm playing chess or poker, is it like, did they show their hand? Is this a move? Is gold going to be, I mean, is platinum going to be introduced as a monetary metal? It's just something that comes up every couple of years. His answer, to, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, he didn't believe so because he didn't believe it would ever get passed. And it hasn't been passed. But you do hear about it, I think, every election year. Well, that would make sense, 2016, 2020. And so you, you probably might hear it again here in the near future as the new year comes about. Plus, we have the uh, a looming government shutdown, per se. So that could be reintroduced as one way to pay stuff off. But the probability of that, I think, is slim. So I'm not buying platinum because of that. But if platinum were to be introduced, uh, wow, the platinum price would go much higher. <laughs> okay, got some more comments here. All right. Any plans to have, you know, my mom, my mom, my wife, she, uh, she got on me. She said, why haven't you had Bob on the show? And I need to get Bob on the show there. So what's interesting is many of the names that I bring on our program, I correspond with on a regular basis. And we may chat for an hour. We just didn't do an interview and I need to get him on the show. Bob Moriarty, I've learned so much from him. I wouldn't be in a position, my family wouldn't be in a position. Um, and that same goes for Giant Bandari and Rick Rule in particular, those three names, and David Morgan. Uh, but, you know, Bob, I owe so much to him. He's a, a, he's a breath of fresh air. He's, he's not afraid to say what he has to say. And I think Giant Bandari is a, a very close too. We need to get him back on the show. And who knows, I might do an interview. Uh, he's, I believe, in Europe right now. I might do an interview with him tonight after this, who knows, because he's a six-hour <coughs> six time difference, so I might catch him early in the morning at, at uh, 6 a.m. his time, who knows, but be on the lookout, uh, Bob is, uh, is just uh, an amazing intellectual resource. I do know that he has been getting uh, interviewed now on other channels, and, uh, and I'm happy for him for that, because he deserves to be heard. He should be a household name and, I, and I'm going to throw Giant Bandari in that same category. <clears throat> and he's not. And I think he should be. And I, I want to appreciate every, appreciate every moment I can when I'm with him. So I do need to, I owe it to you to get him on the show. Let's see here. Does Bob sell autographed books? <coughs> I tell you what. I can ask him. I can ask him, and I'll tell you what, he might be awake right now. Let me do this for you. While I have you, I don't think he does. I think if you just ask him, uh, but I may be wrong. I don't want to speak for him. Let me see here. Give me a second. I'm going to log into my Skype here. Uh, da -da 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 -da. Mr. Moriarty, there you go. 
Sir, do you sell? All right. I sent it to him, so he may give me a response here in just a minute. All right. Uh, was there a particular book, by the way? And, and Mr. Bender, what you can do as well, shoot me an email with your address. So if he answers, you know, yes or whatever, you know, whatever the answer is, I'll, I'll be sure to uh, put the two of you in contact if I can. He's very easy to speak with. I had the opportunity to only to meet him one time, and that was in July, June, June 2017. We went to visit Irving Resources, which, again, is a great, great uh, value proposition. Irving Resources in Japan, if you like gold, it probably will be in line with Line 1 Mel's highest grade gold deposit out there. Which do you recommend? Oh, gosh. There isn't a book I don't like uh, of Bob's. There isn't. But I would start with, if you haven't, have you read any of the books by chance? Mr. Bender, have you read any of the books uh, from Bob? They may have walked away. If I were to begin with a book, it would be nobody. Okay, not yet. Oh, you're missing out. Nobody Knows Anything I think would be a great one to begin with. Great introductory book. Great, great introductory book. Um, and then, you know, well, he dedicated, and I'm honored, so honored to say this, but Mr. Moriarty, he dedicated the following book to me, which I don't know why I didn't even reference this, uh, Basic Investing in Resource Stocks. It's an idiot's guide, if you will. And all these are on my uh, education tab on provenimprobable.com and what became of the crow. And I'm also referencing that book. He actually references the uh, visit we had with Urban Resources. But man, you talk about, he is so deep. Now he, something you may not know about Bob, he's a speed reader. I, mean, I watched him go through a book <laughs> like this, zip, 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 zip. So I asked him, I said, how do you read him? A book that fast because I'm a slow reader and I reread. But once I, but but once I reread something, it leaves my RAM and it goes into my hard drive. So I'm a slow reader, but I remember what I read after I reread it a couple of times. Well, he shared with me that he reads two lines at a time and he doesn't look at one word. And so there I am at the airport and catching my outbound flight, and I started doing that, and lo and behold, I started to read faster because <laughs> I was reading. He said we're taught to read one word at a time and i never thought about that and then now i'm looking at two sentences and i and i just started to realize i was just going through the book not at his speed but i was pretty proud of myself all right uh evelyn wood uh what i'm not what is what is evelyn wood is she a speed reader i'm assuming Don't know. Let's see. I'm waiting for a response here. Oh, okay. Oh, speed reading courses. I believe Bob, you know, not to mention it, because Bob was sharing with me. I, I asked him, how could my sons learn how to speed read? And I, I think he did reference something to that effect. You may have just dropped my memory on the name of Evelyn Wood. Yeah, 
It must have been, you know, well, can't believe 2017 is going on seven years. <laughs> but it seems like yesterday. Man, it was, uh, so if you're not familiar with Urban Resources, uh, Kiko Levinson is the CEO. She's Japanese, projects in Japan. It's in Hokkaido, which is the island above the main island. And uh, she's got a proven pedigree of success. Uh, her previous company skips my, my memory right now. But her previous company, she sold it, made her shareholders very happy. And uh, so she's able to take care of a lot of the commercial stuff that doesn't make the headlines in a press release. An example, nobody cares about permitting. Well, let me tell you something. If you don't get a permit, you can't do anything. She's able to get that done. Whereas if you had a, a CEO that's not from the region, that could be very successful, but he's not, he or she's not from the region. And he tries to get a permitting done in Japan, uh, it may not, may not come to fruition. So she's able to do that. She's got a great working relationship. And I'm gonna tell you something, you're talking about someone that's down to earth. Kiko Levinson, you would never know. She, you, same with Bob, same, same with Rick. You'd walk past them all day if, you didn't know who they were in a conference, you know, from a conference or from a from a, a YouTube video. You'd walk past them. They're just down to earth people. She, I mean, we were on site and she's sweeping. She's picking up a broom and she's sweeping. I mean, that she's just down to earth, great person. And she gave me a, I, I recall she gave me a, um, a gift, and it was her favorite chocolate. And it took me seconds to eat that. <laughs> but she made sure that everyone that came to the site visit, she gave them each an individualized gift. And I guess she noticed that I eaten, I was eating chocolate during my site visit. And she said, okay, got something for him. So I, I really appreciate that. So shout out to Akiko Levinson. But uh, the other companies that I may not have referenced here that may pique your interest as well. Let's see here. Silver Bullet Mines. Silver Bullet Mines. They're in Arizona. A great, they have an awesome story. If you recall the Lone Ranger TV series, I never watched the show, but I'm familiar with it. The Lone Ranger, I, as my understanding is, at the end of the show, he'd always leave a silver bullet with whoever the guest was on the show. The silver bullet that he left on the show, that he was used on the show, came from the Buckeye Silver Mine in Arizona, which is the flagship project for Silver Bullet Mines. They own their mill 100%. Shares Outstanding. I, wouldn't, I think someone asked me a question about Shares Outstanding as well on, was it Dyncore Mining? But uh, their Shares Outstanding are, I think, 60 million. They own their mill. They, they've had some snafus. And I'll, I'll be first to admit it. It's, you know, it's a learning process. I think one of their challenges is this. Number, the, two, two challenges they have. Here's the first one. They, their CEO conducts interviews, but they also have someone else conducting interviews. And I think the CEO should be the face for the, for the company, and he's not. And so when you have two people uh, conveying a message, each one has a different way of conveying the message and it can create confusion. And for a shareholder, they might say, who's the leader here? And I think if, if they made that transition to where John Carter, the CEO 
were to do the interviews only, I think it would be in their best interest. Uh, they were producing Dory bars, which are basically the raw bars that you would get before they get sent to a smelter to be purified. So they were producing bars, and the bars came out ugly. As they did some research, they found out that those bars may contain platinum or palladium and or rhodium. The problem was that was never ever found. That's not germane. Those metals aren't germane to that part of Arizona or region. And uh, so now everyone started to bank on the fact that they may have platinum, palladium, and rhodium. And when the results came back that they couldn't quite prove it because there's a cost involved in that uh, to, to get stuff checked. But uh, further, the, a deeper analysis, if you will, they didn't have the resources yet for that. I think everyone was disappointed and they sold. Now they have customers. They're getting stuff ramped up. They've had some snafus. But Silver Bullet Mines, uh, I haven't sold a share. I'm a big shareholder. They're not a partner. That's one to consider. Again, if you're a silver stacker, yeah, I, I take a look at Silver Bullet Mines. Uh, let's see here. What was another question? Hi-O Silver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hi-O Silver. There we go. Uh, let's see here. A company. Oh, Terra Volcanica. That's another one. If you like uh, EMX Royalty, Terra Balkanica, uh, the ticker symbol is T-E-R-A. That's one to put on your radar. They're in the same neighborhood um, with the Timuk. And they may be at the other end of the Timuk, if you will. And the Timuk is, of course, the huge behemoth of a project for EMX Royalty that recently... Um, saw the royalty get paid out because there was a arbitration with uh, Zijing Mining. They got that resolved. But Terra Balkanica, that's one you should definitely take a look at. Uh, it's a polymetallic project. So if you like battery metals and they look like they have some high grade. And if you had a discussion with the CEO, which I would highly encourage for any of these companies, have a talk with them and ask him about... Um, companies that have been visiting so they're on their second field season last they're coming off their second field season 2022 they did their first drill campaign and it attracted some big names to come down there and visit them that's not normal when you're doing your first drill season you know it's like okay what you got now second year okay let's confirm the thesis more all right and then, of course, as you use the little sawn curve, you initially do your drilling, and then as within about a three to five year time period, you come out with what's called an inaugural mineral resource estimate, MRE, mineral resource estimate. Now we can confirm from a third party at least what's in, in the ground here uh, and to determine if it's economical. So they haven't even done that, and they're getting big eyeballs on them. So again... Terra Balkanica, they're not a partner, but that's one you should take a look at and have a conversation. Um, Alex, um, oh gosh, why am I, I can't think of his last name right now. Um, oh, that bothers me. But contact the CEO and he'll be more than happy to speak with you. Great personality. One of the young uh, minds, if you will, in, in this space, because if you think of future generational wealth builders, right? A lot of the, the CEOs of companies in this space, they're in their 50s, right? 
and these are their last projects, if you will. So now you have to consider who are the next generation of wealth builders, and you have them in um, Sean Kunkum. You have them here in, uh, let me, why am I, I I'm, I'm embarrassed why I cannot remember his name right now, his last name. Um, uh, Miskovic, gosh, I don't know how I couldn't remember that. So Alec, Alex Miskovic, he's the CEO for Terra Balkanica. That's a, a rising star in my opinion. Footstop, that's a rising star in my opinion. So take a look at Terra Balkanica if you haven't. Uh, and again, if you have any questions here, if you're joining this conversation, I'll stay here till Juvember. I don't care. I'm, I'm happy to speak with you, ask your questions. I'll think of another name to throw out here to you if I can. I was asked in a recent uh, call about Silver Hammer Mining. That was a company we used to part, we were partnered with. I am a shareholder. Um, I'm neutral on, on Silver Hammer. And the reason I'm neutral, the three projects they have, the Silver Strand Mine, which is in Idaho, to me is very compelling. Then they have the Eliza and Silverton in Colorado, which are also, they're not silver plays. Now you're looking at copper plays as well. Their stock is on hold. It's been on hold for about two months. New CEO is Peter Ball. He was the CEO of Norm Lithium, and he also was the CEO of uh, MB Gold. So he's now the CEO. But they procured, they're in a tr transition right now of purchasing another project, which I don't have anything against that. And maybe they're using optionality. They, they see a price, a distressed project, they can get at a low price. I get that. But to me, it would seem that you would work on your flagship project. It's been out now for two, two and a half, three years, three years. And let's get some drill results going from that. So to me, I would like to see them focus on the Silver Strand. And I would like to see them uh, T-E-R-A. T-E-R-A. That's Terra Balkanica. Not Volcanica, Balkanica. And uh, so, so the Balkans. The, uh, if they can prove it though, the Silver Strand Mine, what's, what's, what's intriguing about it is compared to their peers, they've had to go down, you know, hundreds of meters, whereas they have a historic mine that was just down, you know, not near surface, but, but pretty near surface, right? Relative to their peers, which are hundreds of meters down. I don't understand why the emphasis wasn't more on drilling there. Let's delineate this guy and let's see, is there more there? And what happens is usually with historic mines, it's very common that the previous mining company, what happens is, is the spot price for the metal that they were uh, mining for has gone down. So it was no longer pro it was no longer profitable for them to continue the mining operation. They go out of business. It sits dormant. New company buys it. But the historic mines don't meet the requirements of the NI, which is a national instrument, 43101. And so now it has to be upgraded to meet new requirements. So they purchase the old historic mines. Like a great example for that would be Grizzly Discoveries. And what's unique about Grizzly Discoveries, I'm kind of jumping between these two, but it's, it's similar. You know, the spot metal price goes down, company goes out of business. Then another company comes into play. This is more specific right now to Grizzly Discoveries. Company goes, a new company comes in, but 
their strategic partner went belly up, so they had to stop. Then another company comes in. <laughs> this is all within since 2008 now. Another company comes in, buys the mill, but then the CEO has a health issue. And now they're trying to come in, and, and if they can get this mill, Grizzly Discoveries that is, uh, I jumped from Silver Hammer to Grizzly Discoveries, then they could possibly go into uh, to production here within 18 months. It's very intriguing on Grizzly Discoveries. But I'm, I'm neutral on Silver Hammer Mining for, uh, for that very reason. The previous CEO to Silver Hammer Mining when they were partnered with us is Morgan Lextrom. He's now the CEO of Black Wolf. And they, I did reference them. That's a copper play that uh, if you like copper, check them out and uh, perhaps we can get them on the show. And let's see here. Gotcha. I found it. Thank you again. Oh, my pleasure, sir. My pleasure. Think of another, you know, uh, another copper play that may intrigue you. I've been on site and I was there in 2017, Nevada Copper. Now, again, Nevada Copper, they've been guilty of having a, a huge turnover on CEOs, but that's kind of stopped. So they they have a, um, a CEO that's now been there for going on year number three. But one of their, their, they have the Pumpkin Hollow Mine. One of the issues with that company, I believe, has been they only have one project, the Pumpkin Hollow, and um, which is an open pit and an underground mine. But, and they've had some issues in this process uh, through the development stage, but uh, I think they've overcome their hurdles and they just need to, you know, and they've done a lot of, uh, if you will, restructured a lot of their debentures. So now it's time for them just to get into production. And you could see that, that, uh, that, that uh, they're, they're, they're in Yarrington, Nevada, and you could see that's their stock price move. They did a reverse split, and the stock has come back to where it was before the reverse split. So it's a buying opportunity. Uh, NCU, Nevada Copper, 13 cents. Uh, here's something I, I could cover with you. Many of you are buying these resource stocks, I would, uh, I don't benefit from it, but I would share, I'm going to share with you who we use when we buy our resource stocks. When we buy resource stocks, I'm using interactive brokers. Two bucks to do a currency conversion, and then I'm on the TSXV. You do not, or I can't say you don't, but I'm going to share, I don't, not investment advice. I do not want to own an OTC. No, that's a derivative. I never want to own a derivative of anything. I want to own the underlying asset. So I want to be on the TSXV if I'm purchasing resource stocks. The only exception to that rule basically is EMX Royalty. They're on the New York Stock Exchange. They're not in OTC. They're on the New York Stock Exchange, and that's where most of their trading goes on. So you want to be where most of the trading is as well, right? Because you can have a stock go through the roof. You're on the OTC, and it's kind of like an owl stock. Sell it to who, 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 <laughs> who do you sell it to? Because there's no one to sell it to. And they're actually not, uh, a lot of the U.S. brokerage firms will tell you that they're equals. They're not. I'll give you an example. I recall one day, Riverside Resources was up 14% on the TSXV. On the OTC, they were down 13%. They're not equals. Now, that's an extreme case, but I do recall that one time. So... You want to be on the TSXV, and I use interactive brokers, pay two bucks, 
There's my currency conversion, and there I am. Um, now, finance opportunities, and we list finance opportunities. And by the way, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, but you're not subscribed to the website, we publish finance opportunities. And when you have a finance opportunity, and this is not investment advice, but uh, a lesson learned, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. Uh, but I don't mind sharing it with you. So you have to use a full service broker, interactive brokers. Interactive brokers is not a full service broker. So you have to use a full service broker where basically like if you pay a uh, buying a stock with a full service broker, there's a high brokerage uh, commission, brokerage commission fee, right? But you're able to ask that broker direct questions because they should be experts and you can ask them a question about the stock you're gonna buy. Whereas in interactive brokers, there's no one to talk to other than, hey, I'm having an issue with my trade not going through. Then they send you to the IT folks to fix that. That's it. That's all you're going to get from inter interactive brokers. Whereas the full service brokers, and I, you have to use basically Canadian brokerage firms, so Canaccord or Haywood. I don't believe Sprott, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I don't believe Sprott provides the service anymore for U.S. investors to participate in the financing. And what, what this means is this, when you buy a stock in a finance, you have to be an accredited investor, the U.S., and I'm going to keep this to U.S. if I can, U.S., you have to be make 200 a year, 200,000 a year, or as a joint couple, 300K, or your net worth has to be greater than 1 million. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm going off of memory, of course. Now, when you're now able to buy stock directly from the company, if you're buying stock on interactive brokers, you're buying stock through a transfer agent, and um, I'll get that in just a second, but you're not, the, the, the capital that you just put into the company, the company can't use to drill. When they're doing a financing, you buy directly from the company, they get to use those resources directly how they choose, and if usually it's gonna be to put into the drill, right? But when you get the stock certificate, you're going to get a physical certificate mailed to you, and it's going to have a legend, which is a statement required by the Security Exchange Commission. And let me vent about this real quick. It is wrong, in my opinion, for the Security Exchange Commission to prevent anyone that doesn't meet the criteria that I just shared for them to say they're not adult enough to buy stock on their own. So they miss out on these opportunities to participate in the financing and get a warrant. Warrant is basically saying, as an example, you buy a stock at 10 cents in a finance. And now you get the opportunity for the next three years to buy the same quantity of stock at 15 cents. So the stock goes to a buck, all right, you bought it at 10 cents and you get to buy the same quantity at 15 cents for three years. These are opportunities that should be available to anyone if you want to invest. Because usually there isn't necessarily a minimum, per se, by the company. The company usually prefers, in my experience, 10K Canadian is what they like to see. But they're happy to have you as an investor. The, any of the CEOs that I speak with, they're not stuck-up people. They're entrepreneurs. They're honored to have you as a, so, uh, as, a, as a shareholder. So they don't look at you like, man, this guy just wants to purchase 100 bucks a share. That's it? You're wasting my time. No, they don't look at you that way. I can tell you that from people I deal with, in, uh, no. That is uh, an extreme case where that happens. 
where someone feels that way, a CEO that's not in this space. These are micro cap companies. They're hurting for capital, right? Because they're not selling anything. They're a research and development exercise. So they're trying to drill, confirm their thesis, and that's when their stock price goes up. But they can't drill without you and I or an institution investing in them. So now, if you don't meet the criteria by the SEC, you can't invest in that. And to me, if I make 50K and I have no debt, I think I, you know, and I want to invest 5,000 or 10,000. So if it's 10,000 Canadian, keep it simple, it's 7,500 US. If you have that discretionary and you want to invest that, I don't agree with the security exchange saying you can't invest in it because you're not adult enough. Uh, their rebuttal, and I've called them, is they're saying that uh, they think it's too risky and they're out to protect you. I asked the, the most fundamental rudimentary question to them. So if this same person that you're protecting purchased IBM or Tesla or, or, or Twitter and the stock goes from 99, it drops 99%, are you going to make them whole? And their answer is no. I said, so what's the difference? And there's that weird, awkward silence. So to me, my opinion is how the rich prevent you from being able to reach their level. And I think it's wrong. That's my personal opinion. Now, you've heard me vent on that. The Security Exchange Commission has a, it's called a legend, right? The legend on the stock says that you meet the criteria. You cannot sell the stock until the legend is removed and only a full service broker can do it. And it costs a couple hundred bucks, all right? Here's my personal lesson. We interviewed a company, Novo Resources, former partner. So Novo Resources was doing the financing at 66 cents. We participated. April 2017. October 2017, the stock goes up to eight bucks and 55 cents. I did not, I was in the process, but I did not have a brokerage account with Canaccord or Haywood, and I do have mine with Haywood, because I fell into this category as a newsletter writer, although I'm not a newsletter writer, but their underwriters prevented me from opening an account. They want to keep researching on me, check out my website and what I do, and make sure their main concern was that I wasn't doing pump and dump. And I get it, and that makes sense. But I explained to them that there's, you know, you as a subscriber, you're not paying, you're not paying me to be a subscriber. I said I'm a media channel, and I interview companies no different than you'd see on Fox Business or CNBC. I'm just a media channel. Well, I had the legend on my certificate, had my stock certificate in my hand, but I could not send it to my U.S. brokers. I had to have an account with the Canadian full service broker and they finally were able to remove the legend after <laughs> the stock went down to about two, two bucks, 250, I think it was 255. But I missed out on that opportunity. So a learning lesson is if you're gonna participate in the financing, we put uh, companies on that, are, that have a financing. Grizzly Discoveries is having financing right now. I just uh, participated in that bought a couple million shares. Uh, Chicana Copper, they're not a partner, they're doing a financing right now. If you speak with the CEO on Chicana Copper, I gotta tell you, I think you're gonna come, come away convinced immediately that you need to buy some stock. I think you, same for Grizzly Discoveries. 
but the names that are participating in it and that they, they have a competitive advantage and Mr. Kelly has got he's run a, a tight ship there and they are onto something I think very promising again if you like if you're not uh, opposed to the jurisdictional um, concerns that some people might view in Peru but I think he's got the commercial side of that wrapped up pretty good great working relationship there with the the indigenous people and with the local government there so I don't foresee that being an issue and I do plan to participate in the financing with Chicana Copper as well so we have those opportunities out there for you you just contact the CEO you fill out a subscription form if you meet the criteria of course and then you can participate if you can't participate don't let that discourage you because all of the stocks basically that I've just mentioned in today's live feed they are on sale and I buy them on a regular basis Dolly Varden Silver I buy every month every month I buy Dolly Varden, Dolly Varden Silver um, same with EMX and my kids by the way my kids are my, my twins are 13 and I have a 15 year old they're active buyers they buy monthly these are the they're buying the same companies um, they're on sale they were we're, we believe in these names uh, again and again if I referenced Dolly Varden Silver we covered them I, I shared to buy them in uh, October and they already went up 20% since then got some more comments here Chicana Copper uh, the ticker symbol is Chicana C-H-A-K-A-N-A -A. unfortunately I can't type here I haven't figured out how to do that yet so Chicana Copper but uh, what's your ticker signal? If any of these CEOs are willing to take your phone calls, four and a half cents. Uh, I remember they were doing financings in the 50 cent range, if I'm not mistaken. And they, at that time, were attracting Sprots. So you had the Sprots participating at them when they were 90% more. You can come in right now, even if you can't even participate in the financing, boom, buy the, this, this stock to me is a no brainer. Is a no-brainer ticker symbol is P-E-R-U Peru so they're in Peru there you have it contact the CEO they're willing to answer any of your questions they're not just like me if you contact me I, I don't uh, anyone I think if, if you're in this discussion thread you can vouch for this if you're a client of mine I never look at you try to size you up I never ask you if you call me for a bullion purchase so how much are you willing to how much you want to spend I'm not here to size you up I don't care how much you want to spend I have no right to judge you on your purchase so don't feel that your purchase is too little or too high I'm honored to have you as a client and I'm gonna to go to bat for you 100% every time I don't care what your budget allows you to purchase I have no right to judge you I don't know your background I know nothing about you so shame on me or anyone that judges you because you may not meet a financial criteria that they have set. Who are they to judge you? And that's just, um, you know, and again, anyone in this discussion thread, if you've dealt with me, you can vouch for that. Uh, but I, I just, I, I like to, when I deal business with any CEO, I, I want to make sure I like the person as well. Because one of the things I've, I found even in this in this industry behind the scenes it's kind of like two groups right there's the good guys if you will and there's the bad guys and I try <coughs> not to associate with the bad guys you may ask well who are the bad guys as a professional courtesy and being a good steward to the space I won't name but you could 
infer it as if you don't see certain names on my show, but you see them on other shows, that might be a hint. I might know something about them that I don't agree with morally, ethically, or just something I don't like about them. You know, uh, little things. This is what I do. If I go to a, a, a conference and I see a CEO of a company, now I watch nonverbals. That's one, one thing I do. I watch nonverbals. So I'm at a conference and I see a CEO and I know he's married. And I see a woman walk by. And I see that he's watching her physique. Mm -mm. You're, you're on my eye. Uh, I just know. I just know. I don't know. That doesn't work with me. It's little things like that. I don't agree with that. Uh, I can share with you some things that go in this space that might make you say, wow, I didn't know that, didn't know that happened. Yes, it happens. And I don't participate in stuff like that. But for the most part, this is a great space, great people. It's just a small segment of people that I don't agree with. They're not doing anything illegal. Just, no, I don't agree with what they do, how they live their lives. And they may not agree with me. They may think I'm just the same as what I just shared. And, but I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm happily married. I love my wife. But I'm just sharing. There's some names out there I, I would say buyer beware. And if they're not on our show, that's one way of knowing because I have access to interview anyone I want to basically. For the most part, if I were to ask a CEO to be on our program nine times out of ten, um, ten times out of ten basically, they want to be on our program because we have you as subscribers and they want to share their value propositions with anyone they can. So it it's you know, but we want to make sure we're selective. It's so same with partners. I have to be a shareholder of the companies that are partnered with me because it's disingenuous to say they're a partner, I believe in them, and you ask me, are you a shareholder? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Well, then do I really believe in the value proposition or did I just want a paycheck? I'm blessed financially, so I don't need their paycheck. I'm honored to have them as a partner if I believe in their value proposition because I'm a shareholder. And I'm, I'm honored that they want to partner with me and they want to grow with us as we want to grow with them. But it's it's not because I want a paycheck that you, you come on to proven improbable. No, it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. Not at all. Uh, I don't know if I shared, you know, in our last conversation, but here's how a, a story went one time with a prospective partner. And we have about two, we decline one to two companies per week. They want to partner with us because they don't meet our criteria. And I think I may have got, let me see if I got a response here from Bob. I don't know if I did. I did not. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm still looking for the, the Fritz, uh, Mr. Uh, Bender for your response here for, uh, uh, on the book, but a story that went like this, I a company wanted to partner with us. They, and again, forgive me if I'm, if I'm restating this, but the company wanted to partner with us. And I have a roll of decks and names, so I contacted the roll of decks and names, and they brought it to my attention, hey, the guy on the board of directors right there, actually it was the CEO, it was the CEO of the said company, he's being pursued legally by his former company. So I'm speaking with, you know, with the investor relations person, like, hey, how can we do something, let's do something. We've had a, some dialogue going on for about a month, um, and everything looked good, but I didn't know about this. So now that I know about it, I ask, I share with the, this, Investor relations person said, hey, um, 
were you aware of the following? And he said, yes. And I said, well, you didn't make me aware of it. And I said, uh, if we're going to conduct an interview, I owe it to my subscribers to make sure I ask the question. He can answer, yes, we are being pursued legally, and we believe we'll have a favorable outcome. And, and I will be completely fine with that. But I want to make sure my subscribers know because he's the captain of the ship, per se. And if he's the captain of the ship, we need to make sure that we, he's going to be there for the entire voyage, right? We want to make sure because we may not trust the vice, uh, you know, whoever's second in charge. But we entrust the person that we're interviewing. Well, they felt that that need not be known to the audience. And the conversation changed to where uh, they were... Uh, profanity was <clears throat> profanity was now being used. Why the f does this need to be discussed? Is public knowledge, and let's just focus on this and let's let's his quotes. Let's make money together. Of course, I corrected him. I said it's currency because money is gold and silver. European mean currency, but I digress. Of course, he didn't like that either. But I didn't care because I already knew we weren't going to do business together because he showed his true colors immediately. Because first, it's I'm saying sir, he's saying sir. Now we're getting the f bombs. And he felt that you weren't, uh, you did not need to know that. And I'm sorry, but you don't know my subscribers. And who are you to tell me what my subscribers should or should not know? Leave that to me. That's my responsibility. So, yeah, we didn't partner. Yeah. The, and, and they wanted to actually increase the compensation. And the answer was no. I owe it to you not to do that. And you can always count on that. I want to put you first because I'm here for you. They Companies come and go. These companies in the natural resource space, they come and go. There's a low probability that they will find something and they go into mining heaven or junior mining or exploration heaven, right? So we will be here and you will be here. And if I lose your trust, that's it. What's the purpose of me being here, right? Well, you, you'll never come back because once you lose trust in someone, the probability of you getting it back proved improbable. Uh, the probability of you gaining that trust back is slim to none, right? So I have to make sure I take care of you. Uh, do we have any other questions? I see we have some more people online. Hey, wow, we're going on two hours. Johnny Carson, I did not know that. I did not know that. Let's see here. Who's got some questions for me? Are you aware some states putting laws that silver money? That comes up every couple of years. Uh, and so the question is, are you aware some states are putting into law silver as money um, if they have if they are sovereign coins at spot price, I believe. So let's just backtrack for a moment. And, and please do not, I'm not, uh, you know, picking on you. So the Constitution has never been changed. Article 1, Section 10, money is gold and silver. Uh, the Federal Reserve is not in the Constitution. So money is minted, currency is printed, in article, and then, of course, we know what the definition of a dollar is. A dollar is 371.25 grains of silver. So when I hear these channels say they're going to make silver money again, I'm like, well, it, it, it never stopped. So no, not picking on you. But that goes to show you where someone doesn't quite know or can't articulate the laws and can't really, you know, so I don't want you to feel that you need to get silver as much as you can and only silver eagles will be recognized. 
If there's a bad situation in the economy, Joe Sixpack will know what silver is. It hits mankind. Go to Venezuela right now. They all know what money is. 10 years ago, they were calling their currency money. Well, 13 years. Now, money is gold and silver. If, if we come into a situation where our currency is no longer used or just greatly depreciates, you own silver, which uh, half of 1% of all people own physical precious metals, and, and I'm assuming you own metals, you're in the driver's seat. So I wouldn't say let that narrative create an emotion that you must buy right now, wrong. Buy consistently and buy what's on sale. And I and, and I may be wrong, but um, are you a client by chance? <laughs> because if you're buying your silver from someone else, shame on you. <laughs> and that's also a great point I just made right there since you said great point. <laughs> I get it. Uh, everyone has a relationship with someone else. And I'm, I'm honored to um, have a conversation with you to earn your business. But we're the only company, uh, Miles Franklin, so I'm putting on two different hats. Proven and probable, we sell precious metals as a licensed representative for Miles Franklin Precious Metals Investments. The only company that's licensed and bonded, period. And uh, you compare our prices with our peers, they're nine times out of ten lower, and they won't have a conversation with you. That person's just, what are you going to buy? What are you going to buy? How much you got? How much you got? How much you got? Where I'm trying to get you to not buy the high premium product because that's where you, you were misinformed somewhere else and you want to come and buy what's the hottest thing right now and I'm going to look out for your best interest. I can't tell you, no, you're not going to get it. That's your choice. But I have an obligation to share with you what I believe is the best value proposition. Um, was there another statement there? And I hope I'm not upsetting you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just picking on you. So <laughs> I just want to have a little fun here. Uh, looking at... BU Dimes. Uh, where are you looking? If I may ask. So the statement was looking at dimes. Uh, so if you wanted dimes, we're selling, we just had junk silver at 299 over spot, now it's 349 over spot. Now, uh, I'll, uh, just out of curiosity, so Apnex, reputable name, but they're not licensed and they're not bonded. The first question I would have for Apnex is if you're not licensed, you're not bonded, you provide no education, why are your prices equal to and or higher to Miles Franklin? Because they don't have these costs that we incur, right? Um, they don't do the, so as an example, Every year, I have a criminal and credit background check conducted on me through Miles Franklin, right? Because I, I, we need to make sure that I'm not doing something illegal. If I work for that company, that doesn't get done annually. Um, if also, and I'm not saying they're a bad company. That's not what I'm saying. It's the standard, right? That's the standard here. If they go out of business, what is your recourse? How do you get your bullion or how do you get back your currency? If they go out of business, being bonded, we're the only company that's bonded, you are made whole, 100% guaranteed. So if you're willing to invest with someone uh, to have that added insurance, 
And that's not an extra cost. If it was an extra cost, our cost would be higher. But that's not our cost. If you also notice on their website, I don't go to our website. I just stick with proven and probable. But usually what you see on the other websites, they're tiered, right? So they're, they kind of size you up. If you're not purchasing a lot, all right, it's this price. But when you first click on it, it's the lower price they show you. Then you click in and all you realize, oh, okay, if I only purchase this amount, it's, I pay more than it's middle. And then, oh, the, the price that made me click is if I purchase a large amount. There's no minimum purchase with us. And we usually beat that amount, that price, with the minimum purchase you make. Uh, if it's, you know, so in other words, let me give you an example. If you wanted to purchase uh, perhaps a silver monster box with them, they're going to charge you less. Uh, whereas if you purchased one a silver eagle, we're not charging you more than if you purchased a monster box. I mean, that's not... Just because you're, you you don't have the discretionary income, you shouldn't be treated differently. That's our view. From reading CPM Group's Gold Yearbook, there's a seasonality to gold, where there's a rise in the gold price during the first quarter year. Yes, that's correct. Uh, so, um, well, oh, by the way, so is our, just out of curiosity, is our price lower than their price? I, I'll even go to their website right now. Heck, why not? Um, let's see here. What's the spot price right now? Silver. Give me one second here. I don't think it's 23. Yes, uh, no. All right. So, Silver Eagles. If I look at their Silver Eagles right now, 2024. All right. If you purchase 1 through 19, it's 31.40 per ounce. You purchase 20 through 99, 20 through the number, 20 to 99 ounces is 30 bucks and 90 cents. And I tell you what, you're going to get rewarded here as you continue to go down for a hundred to 499 ounces is 30 bucks and 40 cents. And Fritz, you're going to get really rewarded here if you purchase a monster box or more. So you purchase 500 ounces or more up to, this says 1,499, your price is 29.90. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, you purchase one ounce from us is $28.40. No comparison. They're not licensed. They're not bonded. The person you're, you're, you speak with there, they don't even buy precious metals. They derive their income from only making sales, period. Uh, I get 4% back with their card. Was there more to that? Let's see. I get 4% back. With their card, I know it's not much. Uh, okay. Well, that that wasn't a uh, question, but okay. Uh, back to let me scroll here to. Do, 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 do. You asked the question. Oh, let me go back here. The question was asked from reading CPM. Yes, the seasonality is. You could say it's true. Usually, in the first four months of the year. You tend to see the metal prices go up, and then they kind of get quiet, right? So you usually see the resource stocks tend to follow that as well, and everyone gets excited, and then it kind of gets quiet during the summer. 
yes and no. Uh, CPM does great work, by the way. Very reputable name. But as with anything, markets take off, right? So they're given a projection, and they're very good at what they do. Um, I believe the price will go higher. I can't give you a price, but I believe the price will go higher. But again, then you have these anomalies, like what caused rhodium just shoot through the roof, and it's not on their projection, right? So that, that happens, and you can't get them all right. So I'm not here to say they're very reputable. Um, I had the opportunity to introduce um, Mr. Christensen, Jeff Christensen, on at the uh, Rural Symposium down in, in Florida. So, uh, you know, uh, kudos to him. Great work there. Very reputable name. Uh, if so, are you looking forward to the potential rise in gold miners? N n yes and no. I said it earlier. Perhaps you missed it. So just because gold goes up, and gold is high right now. You know, three years ago, four years ago, any gold mining company or gold explorer, explorer would a junior mining company. So you got mining companies and junior mining companies. Junior mining companies basically are not extracting yet. They're not mining. They're, they're drilling or they're building a mine. So it's called a junior mining, right? So it, it doesn't matter in any regard. They would have said, man, if, if you could have told me that the gold price was going to be above 2000, that's what we need. Well, okay. That's where we are right now. And we're at all-time lows. So the miners and junior miners are not a leverage to the gold price. That is an incorrect statement. Um, they sometimes work and sometimes don't because if that's the case, why aren't they working right now? Gold price is high. Gold explorers should be higher. And there's some, you know, a lot of these companies, you speak with the CEOs, you'll notice Heck, just, just look them up. Look up any of the companies. Great drill results. And the first thing that happens is stock price goes down. <laughs> so a lot of these CEOs are kind of PO'd. Like, okay, wait a minute. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We, we were good stewards of our capital. We, we com we're confirming our thesis. High grade, near surface, and the stock sells. It's just, you know, and the spot price is high right now. So no, I don't agree with that. Um, gold may increase three. Um, put my glasses back on. <laughs> All right, gold may increase three. No, so I don't agree with that. You could have uh, Great Bear Resources was a company we covered. We were covering them at um, I think around a, a buck fifty or two bucks. Well, they get sold at twenty eight bucks. Now, so basically, they went up 14-fold, yet gold didn't. So it's germane to a company, not the space, in regards to miners or junior miners. Each one is, has their eureka moment, if, if, you know, can have their eureka moment, not will, but can have their eureka moment. And it has nothing to do with the fact, because the gold price, when they were sold was under 2,000, yet it went up 14-fold. So no, that narrative is not, I wouldn't agree with that at all. All right. Uh, so Mr. Benner, just so you're aware, uh, you, when you say, I'll check your site out. So the way it works, if you're not aware, you just contact me and we have a discussion on what it is you wanna purchase. 
you can obviously, if you, uh, you there's a set coin you want, then I give you a quote, and um, and then I can also and I'll also share with you if it happens to be a, you want a product that the premium is high right now, I have an obligation to you to let you know, hey, this is what I'm buying right now. I had a conversation earlier today with someone. They were looking at purchasing our special, which is a Noah's coin, and I shared, hey, nothing wrong with that, but I will be buying junk silver. It's the same price. You know, you're looking at $349 over spot, and we're selling the Noah's Ark for the same price. And why? And I explained why. All right, so that's what I have an obligation to you with. So it's not that you, our inventory is as is, is massive. So it's not like we have a small inventory. Absolutely not. We're actually one of the authorized resellers with the, the U.S. Mint. So um, all of our products come directly from the mints. You're the first owner. So there's no I gotchas. It's just our prices are lower, nine times out of ten, and we're licensed and bonded. It seems sometimes too true to be, uh, too, too uh, good to be true. A great example is, so this live stream has been going on for two hours and 12 minutes. Um, I encourage anyone, heck, I might give you a, I'd be willing to almost give an a, a ounce of gold on this proposition. Find a live stream by AppMix that's two hours long. And I got quiet there, right? Because I, I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm willing to invest that time in you, and they're not. And they're going to charge you more. And again, uh, if if you were going to really go out of your way and get 1,500 ounces, it's 29.40. And if you buy one ounce, it's it's um, 28.40 with us. So the choice is yours, of course. Uh, I know Keith Newmeyer buys a monster box every June. Okay. Uh, let me see here. I'll check out your site, Maurice. Rhodium went insane. Silver is on sale. Tactical Sushi! <laughs> How you doing? All right. I know Keith Newmeyer buys a Monster Box every June. Okay. Um, I didn't know, was there was there more to it than sharing that he purchased a Monster Box every June? All right. This is key. The juniors are not mining yet, so their value is not correlated with the increase in physical gold value. So Newmont Gold and Barrick's share price. Yes. Yeah, of course. The mining companies would benefit, usually, uh, um, but not, it's not immediate. It's not immediate. Again, you got a high gold price. You would think, and we just had gold last month at an all-time high. So why is it that Barrick and Newmont aren't at an all-time high? So they do help, but not always. It's kind of like saying when the Federal Reserve creates inflation, and so inflation is the expansion of our currency. Higher prices are the effects of inflation. They're not synonyms. People misuse these terms. But the assumption is that when the Federal Reserve creates inflation, which is more currency units, that immediately prices go up. No, those are the effects of inflation, and they don't happen immediately. So it's the same here. Um, each company is unique in their share price going up because you have to consider as well. Not all their projects may be necessarily gold, and they may, their all-in sustaining costs aren't profitable, but right now they should be because gold is basically at an all-time high, minus 100 bucks right now. All right. Seabridge. 
Seabridge is, uh, uh, I don't have a position at Seabridge, uh, but it's a very compelling story. So I think I've kind of hammered that point where junior miners and miners don't directly move with the, the, the metal prices, although they should, theoretically, but we're seeing right now they're not. All right. Thank you for your explanation and insight. I'm trying to develop a good question for you. Oh, you definitely are. I dig it, Maurice. You feel like... Why are you doing... Oh, well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> okay. Historically, June is a low... Okay. Oh, so the point to Mr. Newmeyer purchasing in June... Okay, I followed... Okay. So the point was Mr. Bender was sharing that the, um, that a well-known name, Keith Newmeyer, purchases a silver monster box every June and uh, because it's historically uh, low. But we have to remember one thing. Just because the spot price is low, where is the premium? That's important. That's important. That is paramount. And that, again, I, I referenced this. So uh, let's see here. Um, gold did hit overseas future markets. We haven't seen Barrick and Newmeyer. Yes. All right. Maurice isn't a salesman. His views, his family, he can't be. Well, thank you. That, Thank you so much. That's uh, I, I wear that as a big feather in my cap. Thank you, Mr. Nitty Green, for those kind words. I'll read this out loud. Uh, Maurice isn't a salesman. He views his clients as family. You can't beat that anywhere. Thank you. I, I really do feel that way, and I'm glad you feel that way. So thank you again for those kind words. Yeah, there, there's a, there's no better feeling for me, and I can share this with you. For someone who's never met me, touched me, seen me, right? because I don't show myself using my, my videos, uh, interviews. So for someone to entrust me with their time and labor, because they're making a purchase, I don't care what the purchase amount is. For someone to, to entrust me, that's one heck of an honor, man. I, uh, I get so happy, not just from the purchase someone makes, but any of my clients can tell you, I follow your order all the way to your doorstep. I know when you got your delivery and I'm gonna let you know that. I'm with you the whole process. So I'm not just there at the entry where, hey, what are you willing to spend? And you've made the transaction and now we're done. No, I'm with you all the way. And just, just so we can backtrack for a moment here. When you make a purchase, everything's in writing. So your information is not stored on our website, proven and probable, nor on milesfranklin.com. I send you an email from Miles Franklin, my email account. And the reason is, is hackers hate us. Hackers hate us. Uh, two and a half years ago, I believe it was a well-known name, goldsilver.com. They were hacked. We had, I believe, JM Bullion or SD Bullion. They were hacked recently. Um, so it happens. And your information's on their website. It's not on, on our server. So if you go to our website, <clears throat> your information is not on there. So now you open up an account, that's free. Then I provide you a quote. Most of my clients prefer just via text message. I provide you a quote and you respond back, I approve, and we process the transaction. If you, uh, if you want it immediately, you know, the wire is done through your bank, not with us. So they charge a fee. But most of our clients use ACH where we just take the funds out in a couple business days and you get your order in two weeks. And the slowest way of getting your order is if you send a check or currency order, not money order, <laughs> uh, then it takes 
about three weeks because we have to get it in the mail and then we still have to process it and there's a holding time for that to make sure there's no fraud involved. But we don't use credit cards because fraud is involved in many of those instances. Um, and then your delivery, as soon as the, the second, and anyone on this call that's a client can vouch for it, the second I receive UPS tracking, I'm texting you to let you know when your order's coming. And then I'm gonna remind you the day of your order when we start off today, you're having a delivery. And then once the order is delivered, I'm going to thank you for your business. And I'm going to make you aware that your order was delivered. And also, we do no reporting. So it's a, it's a you know private transaction. We don't do any reporting. I think we've got some other statements here. Maurice and Bob are the real deal. He and I are, I think, just the opposites, right? He, he, he's, he's the wild go-getter. And I'm the more mellow kind of guy. It's the truth. Everyone, he's three out of three on that with me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I honor my word. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind sharing this. We had a, a client who received his order today. And his previous order, uh, there was an error made, right? It was an error made. And so because he inquired, hey, it's taking more than two weeks. This, my orders take a little bit longer. Well, um... So I found out there was an error because I noticed, yeah, I know in the back of my mind right about now I should be getting tracking details anyway. So I, I, I kind of have it in my, my head because I know when someone made an order. So anyway, made an order. Uh, we made it, we, Miles Franklin, made an error. And so he wasn't upset. Tracking details came like uh, within 48 hours, if I'm not mistaken. We resolved the error. It was an internal error. Well, I put myself in his shoes. If I made an order with you, I expect to have delivery, and I also value uh, customer service. So I treated him as, as how I would want to be treated. We made an error, not him. So I, on his next order, which he received today, I put in extra. I paid for it out of my own pocket. And um, I've done it with other clients as well. We've made an error. And heck, I've had some clients just out of a gift, I'll send them a couple ounces. That's that's me. I do that. Now, uh, the only way that can be verified is if someone in this stream has experienced that with me. But, um, you know, if, if, if I, again, the, the comment was made that I treat everyone like family. If I know that you have a birthday or a wedding, um, I will see if I can discount it even more if I can. Or remove the shipping fees and shipping fees by the way it, the they apply to me personally as well so if I'm making a purchase less than 10 ounces of gold 10 ounces of platinum or I'm not purchasing a silver monster box it's just a flat fee of 15 bucks and your order is coming via UPS so it cannot be delivered without UPS uh, someone there signing it and so we instruct UPS when you open up your account that you are the person authorized and then you also Tell us when you open up your account who else is authorized. So in other words, it's not like um, certified mail where the, the mail carrier, I mean in this case USPS, they can't just have someone sign who opens up the door. It has to with well, UPS, which is 99% of our deliveries. UPS is going to have to, and same for USPS, they need to make sure that whoever you authorize. So if I happen to be at your home and I'm not one of those individuals authorized. Uh, to sign for your product, they cannot let me sign for it just because I happen to be home. 
So we ensure your delivery. You know, we're, we're, we're with you the whole step of the way. Let's see here. Do I buy and trade? Oh, Mr. Gritty, all truth. Thank you. I thank you for uh, um, um, sharing that, you know, what I shared was, was accurate. Uh, do I buy and trade what, sir? I don't like to think of myself as a trader. Um, so let me see what, what you're referring to. Are you referring to metals right now or stocks? Metals. Yes. Yes. That's why I occasionally, when I see an arbitrage opportunity, and that's why I've referenced this as well, with junk silver. When the arbitrage opportunity presents itself, I share on my email list, which you just is free, go to Proven and Probable, and I'm going to let you know now is the time. Like for instance, now is the time, if you own gold, and for me personally, if I own 15% more of my position is gold, right, from higher than 15% of my physical holdings is gold, I would strongly consider selling that surplus and trading in for platinum, number one, because most likely you won't, don't, you won't have platinum. And number two, silver. Now, your, your, uh, your question as well reminds me of rhodium. When I had rhodium, I bought it at 890, 900 bucks. It goes to 29,000. Most people forget the exit. They only remember the entrance, right? So the exit is, what did I do? I traded in one out, you know, my ounces of rhodium for monster boxes of silver and ounces of platinum. It's my savings account. And I measure my savings account not in a currency devaluated, you know, I'm not looking at it from a currency standpoint, like numerically. I'm looking at how many ounces I own in weight in my savings account, which is metal, which is outside of the banking system. So that's what I did. I trade one metal in for another. Right now, I'm sharing junk silver the premiums are low, I'm buying that. Silver Eagles, the premiums are low, I'm buying that. But I favor junk silver more because it's less. It's 350, I'm sorry, 349 versus 499 on the junk on the silver eagles. If, and what not if, when demand goes through the roof, not the spot price, but when demand goes through the roof, I'm going to use the arbitrage from the junk silver and the arbitrage from the silver eagles, and I'm going to load up on kangaroos all day long and my savings account for rainy day has increased by 30 to 70 percent you know it can on, on you know your your return on your on that transaction can can be you know 30 to 70 percent with uh rhodium went up 14 fold and that's a savings account transaction for me right so it's just uh that's what i do there uh yeah pgms have catalyst going real wild card yes palladium is a wild card. I wouldn't be looking at rhodium right now. When if rhodium was equal to the price of gold, yeah, I'm buying rhodium. Palladium is a wild card. The premiums we have palladium in stock. Our our competitors, I believe, are selling uh, palladium. I think 200 over spot. We're 119 or 129 now. Um, no, no, they're not even close to us. Uh, but the wild card, okay, Perth Mint. I've seen that's not. For palladium or which which one are you referring to there, sir? So Mr. Bender uh, is 
discussing PGMs as catalyst, but I don't know if he's referring to, excuse me, platinum on the Perth Mint and RCM, um, which are private minted, are the best in his opinion. I think he'll share with us in just a second. Quality coins. Um, well, you know, everyone has their opinion on, on what they think are the best coins. When it comes to platinum, the purity across the board is the same. There's one that has a higher purity. But when it comes to silver, no, they're not equals. You have some private minted products, they're just three nines. You have some sovereign, for instance, the uh, silver Krugerrands, they're three nines. If I'm going with silver, if I'm thinking strategically, right? If I'm thinking strategically, there's a shift occurring in empires moving from west to east. If you look at China, they purchase our, you know, they purchase gold everywhere. <laughs> and they're the largest producers of gold, by the way. Okay. So they, pur they purchase other mints gold, melt it, and purify it to four nines. So if the rising power is, is saying their standard is four nines, then I try to make it, when I'm buying any metal, uh, well, gold and silver, this pertains to gold and silver, I'm going to try to buy four nines. Uh, that's why I like the kangaroos, because they're four nines. A silver eagle is not four nines. I use the silver eagles for the arbitrage, to buy more kangaroos. Uh, da, 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 who's another one? Well, if, so even if you look at gold, many people don't know this, a one ounce gold eagle weighs more than an ounce. The purity of it is 90% gold, 10% other metals. So it actually weighs 33 grams. You're still getting one ounce of gold, but I'm thinking future, not just for me because I'm looking at being a wealth generational builder for my children's children's children. So as I move on to the sunset, and uh, not to get religious here, but if I, as I pass away, I want to make sure I set up my future generations to the system that is to be, not the system that is now. But there's nothing wrong with buying three nines, okay? But I'm just sharing. You know, you, um, many people don't know this. So many times I'll have someone want to purchase a 100-ounce bar. And they get the 100-ounce bar they like, uh, they have a certain brand they like. And I'll share with them, there's actually a less expensive one we have, we make, and it's four nines. It's just not a name that, um, you know, the you know a Johnson Matthew, everybody likes those. I like them too, I have them, but they're not four nines, you know. All right, let's see here. How do I find your email list, sir? I'm on your website. Oh, uh, if you're on our website, um, right below uh, announcing Rick Rule's development. Oh, by the way, that's something I, I would encourage everyone to take a look at. If you're on my homepage, announcing Rick Rule's development stage and pre-production mining boot camp. But right below that, you put your name and your email. Um, now, you, you, you brought up a good point here. Or you brought up a point, I should say. Uh, let's see. Hit more, hit more under title. Not sure what that means, hit more under title. You did reference uh, gold. 100% gold is too soft. Now, I would disagree with you, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, right here, uh, the jewelry I'm wearing is 24 karat gold. I will admit that it's not a perfectly round, it does move, 
but the there's a look of 24 karat gold that is unique, if I may. Uh, this is 24 karat gold, and, and I guess most jewelers or most Americans have been conditioned, in, in particular on jewelry, just kind of segue in here a little bit, most U.S. Uh, buyers of gold go with 18 karat, right, because they don't want their, their gold ring to look like this, but it doesn't feel uncomfortable, and, and, and if you saw my ring on my hand, you wouldn't know it even looked that way, but it's not going to fall apart, it's not going to become a vertical line. I can push and squeeze on this all day. The, the, the shaping of it has changed because I've dropped it. But no, I, I can always put my finger in there. My wife is from Laos and traditionally Asians, they only use 24. Well, heck, I just referenced China. So uh, it's 24 karat gold. So I wear 24 karat gold. My belt buckle I have right now, it is 24 karat gold as well. It's not going anywhere. Um, so no, I, if, if I think most individuals that make that comment think it's just going to break and shape, change the shape dramatically, no. All right. Um, guess I need some new eyes. Thanks for that. All right. Dings easier at home. Yes, dings are easier at 100%. Absolutely. But to me, I guess we're all different. It gives it just a little bit of character to me. I don't know. It's, but again, from if, as I'm wearing it, you can't, you wouldn't know the dings. But there is a certain look to uh, 24 karat gold that just no other, there's no other look like it. It's just beautiful in my opinion. Uh, but again, from a bullion perspective, I'm looking at the Australian kangaroos because they're premium. As an example, a one ounce gold kangaroo, 85 bucks over spot. A one ounce eagle, 125 over spot. Someone new to proven improbable wants to purchase gold bullion, that's the first thing they want is a gold eagle. I'm like, well, you know, you can get a pure coin for 40 bucks less. And for some reason, they're apprehensive. <laughs> You're not going to take a bullion coin, by the way. It's not going to be sitting around loose. Whereas this jewelry, I'm going to wear for the rest of my life, right? So it's going to have some, some movement on it, right? But your precious metals are stored away somewhere, whether it's with a Brinks depository box with us, which you should have, or it's somewhere in your person, right? So having a, a, a pure 100% gold coin in storage, it's not going to change shape. Uh, nice bling. Looks softer at 100%. <laughs> I really like the cooler myself. What? I really like the... Oh, color myself personally. Okay. Sorry. Misread that. Yeah, the color is... It is... Uh, it is... It's just different. It is beautiful. It's got like a warm glow to it. I really like it. Um, let's see. Do we have any other questions here? We've got a couple people here. And I really appreciate the questions and you being online here and, and being here on this weekend. I don't. By the way, where's everyone from? I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Let's see. Where's everyone else from right now? We got about uh, nine people online. My son keeps losing his gold chain. Oh. The, um, well, you don't like 24 karat gold. I was going to share. If you went to an Asian jewelry store, you could find it. Let's say deep in the Appalachians. Oh, deep in the Appalachians. Well, Asheville is my favorite 
Asheville was my favorite town. I mean, I used to be at Grove in the Grove. If, are you from? Uh, so, Mr. Bender, are you in by Asheville by chance? Okay, well, British Columbia, okay. Nice to have you here. And by the way, uh, welcome to the discussion. If you got any questions, I'm more than happy to uh, to do my best to answer them. But uh, but uh, I reference Asheville. Asheville, I used to, we, my family and I, every three months we go to the Grove Park Inn. Um, that's that, that's like my second home, if you will. Asheville, I love Asheville. It's a beautiful place, but I hate where it's gone. Crime has gotten just through the roof. The and I love Roanoke. Or I love Roanoke as well. We were going to move actually to Roanoke, outside of Roanoke in Troutville, Virginia, about two years ago. Uh, came very close. Let's see. I have a 21k rose flower crown blazer. Let me forward this. Quite the piece. Wonderful color. New York State. Okay. The country. Oh, you'll be. Let me know when you're in the area. Maybe we have an opportunity to see one another. Yeah, the mountains are beautiful. Um, I'm originally from Germany. And. Um, when I first came to the States, I grew up in Oklahoma. So in Germany, my, um, my, my mother's, uh, well, my aunt, she lived right there by the Austrian border. And I just love the mountains and the, and the castles. So the closest thing to that is Asheville. But I grew up in Oklahoma. It's nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just flat Michigan so Michigan uh, interesting how this little this kind of all not really ties in together but uh, with Michigan so me being a contrarian I grew up in Oklahoma and everyone was a Dallas Cowboys fan so growing up in Oklahoma I being a contrarian I said well I was going to like another silver and blue team that started with D so I became a Detroit Lions fan so I've been a Detroit Lions fan since the 80s only because I grew up in Oklahoma and everyone liked the Dallas Cowboys, isn't that? And we have someone here from Michigan, <laughs> Mr. Nitty Gritty. Which region of Germany? I'm a Southerner, so uh, I'm a proud Southerner. So I'm from uh, Bavaria. That's where I get my strong Southern accent from. I'm from Augsburg. Ich bin from Augsburg. Hmm. I haven't been to Germany in quite a while. Well, that's about 2012, yeah. Now, uh, we had a, a new, uh, a, who was, uh, who came on the, the comm call here? The gentleman from, on. Um, I'm assuming gentleman, I don't know, please forgive me. White Rock, BC, um, you have any questions or comments for us, please? May or may not say anything here. How about some more questions from? Uh, again, thank you all three of you for your engagement. And I see we, you know, we still have more people on here. I just don't, uh, not sure where the. Um, yes, feel free. Well, yeah, give me give me a question. I'll do my best to answer it. You know, there there really is so much out there to learn and do. Um. Just ask me and I'll, I'll see what I can, can help you with, if I can be of any assistance. I'm tracking, I'm, I'm just trying to see if I can find something. Oh, well, here's something. Okay, 
Longtime subscriber, follower, no questions. Thanks. Oh, well, again, thank you for being here. All right. Um, I didn't talk about uh, any news coming from Stillwater Critical. Well, I was chatted with uh, uh, Michael Raleigh earlier today. Yeah, I think we're, we'll probably have them on the show here in a week or two. Um, but they have a lot. Well, I have to sign non-disclosures with some companies. So let me make sure what I say is. Suffice it to say, the whole metallic group of companies is, I think, on the verge of, you know, really making some, some, some moves that are going to make shareholders happy. So suffice it to say, yeah, I would expect news to come out. Uh, their team is exceptional. You know, they brought the guys in from Ivanhoe Mines. Uh, they're, they're, and, and that team from Ivanhoe Mines, which is Robert Friedland's uh, team that they brought in, they're saying, look, we're seeing so many synergies with the Stillwater Critical, um, what, the, the Stillwater West, I'm sorry, with the uh, Platte Reef in Ivanhoe. And it's just on discount relative to Ivanhoe right now. So... Uh, but we'll, we, we plan to have them, all three of the, the metallic group, on the show here in the near future. Absolutely. So we'll pick the volume up. The, the, the reason the uh, interviews haven't been coming out is really is because, well, the CEOs have kind of said, you know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter what we say and what we've produced. People are just selling. And I, I can see that, but I can also say, you know what? Engage with your subscribers, I mean, your shareholders, and let them know, you know, what's going on because... Communication is a must. And um, I was going to share this. So Stillwater Critical Minerals, and I'm glad you brought them up, uh, by the way. Nickel. When you look at a lithium battery, the mistake is lis listening to the nomenclature. A lithium battery, about, I think it's less than 3% of the battery is comprised of lithium. The majority of that battery is made up of other metals, primarily nickel sulfide, not nickel oxide, and um, graphite. So Stillwater Critical Minerals doesn't have graphite. They do have nickel sulfide. In one third of that project, I said earlier, I brushed over it and said they, it's, it's nickel, but it's nickel sulfide. That's important to note. So in Indonesia, you have nickel oxide, and it's uh, it's very unfriendly to the environment, whereas nickel sulfide is not. Uh, but you, don't get me wrong, you can use either one, but the preference is to use nickel sulfide in the batteries. And so the competitive advantage, again, in Stillwater Critical Minerals is one-third is <coughs> high-grade nickel sulfide and uh they're trading right now market cap to mpv ratio holy cow i think it's 0.2 percent yeah, that doesn't make sense that that just doesn't make sense uh, your market cap to net present value if you have a mineral resource should be about one and a half percent and it's nowhere near there they got over two billion in in the resource that was just modified, by the way. So actually, let me correct myself. Is it 
was the first, no, I believe the inaugural was, I believe what I'm quoting right now, the 2.3, well, heck, we can just go to their website real quick. Um, I have to remember so many companies. Uh, cobalt, copper, plate, yes, yes, nickel, yes, that's correct, yep. Yep, they proved it up, yep, yep, that's correct. You're absolutely correct on all, all points there. Um, I should not off the top of my head how many, but they, they basically have two billion in the ground from the mineral resource estimate. And they're trading at, you know, their their market cap is nowhere near what it should be. So you, you have an opportunity to purchase two our critical minerals. My sons just recently purchased them over Christmas. That was a, a Christmas gift to them. They, um, I gave them a, an allowance and they know uh, that they are allowed to purchase, they can only use the allowance for capital goods and not consumer goods. And Stillwater Critical Minerals was the purchase made by all three. Uh, well, the 12 cents that you're referring to, I don't use the OTC. So again, the ticker symbol is PGE. PGE, I think is around 13, PGE.B, uh, PGE.B, PGE 17 cents. But yeah, it's, it just doesn't make sense. But their market cap, right? That's what we we're just—I was just addressing—is thirty-three million. You know, if you take two and a half billion, one and a half percent of that, that's not thirty-three million. So they're on fire sale, and they're only going to get better. That's why you had the—was uh, it Newcrest that it was back in July, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, put in you know, close to six million into them because they saw the value proposition, as you are seeing it, right? They identified it, and they were willing to pay a premium because they realized even then it was at a discount. Uh, Glencore, Glencore, Newcrest, I believe, was with the metallic minerals, but Glencore puts in a, a, a ten percent equity position in basically nine point nine nine percent. So, if Glencore is willing to do their due diligence and put that in, that says something in and of itself for Stillwater Critical Minerals. And you, you could say the same for Metallic Minerals, EMX. EMX has gotten Franco Nevada, who does not invest with anyone. They've done two transactions with them now, in the millions, multi-millions. Uh, uh, matter of fact, it was announced in August that they were doing a $10 million deal with them, right? Um, so those are, those are things that you should be cognizant of, of if a strategic partner is coming in and paying a premium, that lets you know everything you need to know. It's on sale, even if you cannot participate in the financing or there is no finance. Usually, when a strategic partner comes in, there is no need for finance because it kind of covers everything they needed. So, but good point. Stillwater Critical Minerals. Yeah, if I if if um, yeah, if I'm not purchasing platinum, palladium, rhodium, yeah, then. And I want to buy shares in a company that's producing it, and I want nickel exposure as well. That's my ticket all day long. Uh, Stillwater Critical Minerals may be my second biggest position. Uh, no, no, let me take that back. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Um, second biggest position is probably going to be Grizzly Discoveries from Grizzly. So it's EMX Grizzly. Um, Stillwater is going to be three or four right now because uh, yeah, I own a little bit more metallic minerals I think than I do Stillwater. 
Yes, you should get more. But you should first call me <laughs> and make your first purchase with, with precious metals. But no, I, I'd be honored to earn your business. But yeah, that, you know, so just so I'm not selling my book, it's not about trying to get people to purchase precious metals. I love resource stocks. I love real estate. My background is I'm a real estate person. Uh, my wife and I were just for hours because uh, I'm, I'm in a hotel right now. So I had a five hour drive and my wife was in IOS. We were on the phone talking real estate. I'm speaking with the Economic Development Council on this one area that we're looking at purchasing some more rental properties on. Uh, so I love real estate. I love all markets, if you will. Uh, cryptocurrencies, we haven't discussed. I'm not opposed to cryptocurrencies. A lot of my clients own them and they become, and they're very, become very successful from them. I just, um, I'm a metals person. I'm a tangible person. I don't believe that a derivative, because a cryptocurrency derives its existence through natural resources, right? You got to have copper, you got to have a computer, you got to have silver, right? A, a computer to make the, the um, cryptocurrencies. The cryptocurrencies, the beautiful part about it is it's not a fiat currency. It's a currency, but it's not money because it's not gold and silver. I do like the marketing that they use. They they market their coins in a gold silver to, you know, it feeds on your subconscious mind that it's valuable, but it is a currency, not a fiat currency, because fiat means government. So it's a currency made by the people, but um, yeah, uh, I can see with the future with future that technology people like they like to click on things and have it done, but. I'm also of the opinion that anything that's digital can and will be hacked. We're moving so fast exponentially when it comes to technology. I wouldn't be surprised by 2029, in order for you to pass the eighth grade, you have to show that you can crack the uh, algorithm to Bitcoin. I mean, that's how fast we're moving. Sky Harbor Resources, well, I, cover, I, I referenced them earlier. Uh, so Sky Harbor Resources in the Athabasca, this is a uranium play, they're a hybrid to uh, uh so they're hybrid meaning they have their own core project and then they have uh, they also function as a project generator um i have 49 i am okay uh when you say i well i have 49 um let me know what you're referring to there just please clarify that back to sky harbor resources so we used to cover sky harbor resources um yeah, that's uh, where are they now? I think they're in there right around 30 cents. Let me see here. Where are they? Haven't looked at them. Sky Harbor Resources. 46 cents. So, Sky Harbor Resources. I was covering them at 8 cents. Was that early? Was that correct? There you go. So, do I still see that there's an upside for them? Yes. Yes, and yes. Um,. You know, they have strategic partners with with, uh, with China and France. Um, the name escapes me right now. I know it off, top, off the top of my tongue, uh, tip of my tongue, I should say. But yeah, they're, they they can go places and they have a an aspiring young CEO. So um, yeah, I, I, I still like their value proposition, absolutely. I have 49. Fritz, can you please clarify what are you referring to? You have 49. Uh, did I answer your question also on, on Sky Harbor? 
bothers me. Why am I not remembering the name of, uh, uh, the, uh, company, the, uh, French companies on the tip of my tongue. Huh. Okay. Yes. Thanks. Okay. Good. Yeah. So if you missed it earlier, we did cover uranium briefly. I like uranium royalty. Um, Scott Melby is, he is Mr. Uranium. If there's Scott Melby, you might want to, in any uranium deal, you might want to consider owning uranium with whatever he's affiliated with. But I like uranium royalty. Should I even have digital money, including share? I know, right? Uh, maybe there's a typo there. So there is no such thing as digital money. Digital currency, but money's gold and silver. And gold and silver is not digital. So should I have digital? Should you own? I don't own any cryptocurrency. Um, I prefer if I were to look at cryptocurrency, I wouldn't actually look at cryptocurrency. I would look at blockchain. The future for blockchain to me is bright. So blockchain has my interest, but I don't own any blockchain either. No. There was a um, a movement going on about five years ago. I remember it really, yeah, 2017, 18-ish, where a lot of companies were starting to say where they're implementing blockchain, the mining companies they were referencing, they're implementing blockchain. And so that way, if a, a said, uh, they, if they had an offtake agreement with a supplier, and supplier liked the grade, for whatever reason, from this deposit, the blockchain could identify it's at, you know, this azimuth, whatever, you know, it's right here. It's not the copper from this part of the mine or this part of the mine. And, and that was a big talk and then it's kind of disappeared. Okay. Uh, should I even have digital money, including shares? I own. I own. Uh, miners, you own 49 mining companies. Is that correct? Is that what you're saying? That's a lot, if that's the case. <laughs> and I'm not a big, uh, I don't own miners, very subtle. Dynacore Mine is one of the few. Stillwater is my fifth biggest holding, I think. Okay. Yeah, Stillwater just got pushed down with my latest purchase of Grizzly, Disco Grizzly Discoveries. Um, I don't purchase the miners because the upside really isn't there. The miners are more of a beta play and I'm more of an alpha person. Um, so beta meaning if you believe that the sector or that metal is going to go up, you, you just invest in for beta play, right? Whereas I'm looking at individual companies that I think have a competitive advantage to their competitors. And I'm looking for that alpha move, like Great Bear Resources was an alpha move. Gold didn't go up 14 fold, but Great Bear Resources did. So I look for alpha moves and the alpha moves you'll find in junior mining companies, not as much in the mining companies. The mining companies are what were once considered like your, your blue chip stocks, you know, owning, um, what's the electric company? These make the light bulbs, uh, General Electric, right? That's, those are the, the uh, 49 miners, yeah. Wow, okay, different, different. But, you know, Sprott is, uh, Sprott is the name in this space. 
and you can't go wrong with that. Just my approach is, is I'm focused more on the junior mining side of it because I'm looking for alpha, not beta. And perhaps as I get older, you know, I am getting older every day, but my beta plays are going to be the, the EMX royalty. That's my beta play. And it's my, you know, my biggest position. But no, I own junior mining companies, hands down. I own no general equities at all. No. Well, first year on the roll here. <laughs> yeah, again, if you're in this discussion thread, I welcome the opportunity to chat with you. Ask me a question or comment. I, I welcome your feedback, good or bad. I'll pause here. So we're, I can't believe we're going on three hours. It doesn't feel like it to me, but... Uh, and if we don't have any further questions, I, you know, I, I respect your time and we can call it a day or call it a night. But I, I think it's been a, a very good discussion to, um, you know, perhaps for me to get to know some of my subscribers better. And I really enjoy the engagement. I plan to do these more frequently. Did my first one. Looks like I did it uh, December 1st. Now it's January 5th. So I plan to do them more frequently. Um... I think it's going to be a very interesting year, and I would encourage you to be willing to take some profit off the table should, as usually, but it doesn't mean it will, should stock prices uh, take off or you get an arbitrage opportunity in bullion. That doesn't mean so your whole position. You'll learn that, and nobody knows anything. Bob Moore, you already got another coming here. You are a Sigma Alpha male researcher. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I research a lot of stuff in my off time. And uh, it's fun, but it, it is different if you put in the work yourself, then you understand it a lot more versus just getting a quick answer. I find that people, if they get a quick answer, they're fly-by-night people also in it. You know, if you get, uh, if I told you to invest in uranium, you'd invest in uranium, all right? You're a fly-by-night person. Well, you said invest in uranium, you, you got a podcast show, or you, you know, a, a YouTube channel. You said invest in uranium, well, it went down, I sold. Whereas if you did your due diligence, and you found out, okay, well, how many nuclear reactors are coming online? Is there a, a shortage? You, you, you start doing your own research, and you start to realize, okay, it's not intermittent energy, whereas solar is, and you realize how safe it is, then you're willing to deploy more capital, and when the, spot pri when the, the price comes down, you're willing to buy more, right? And that's, that's just how it works. You, you put in the, the sweat equity, you tend to be around and appreciate the price movements, and you'll reap the benefits usually, whereas, you know, I see this a lot in silver. People that buy silver... They always, uh, they, they're told they're being manipulated. They get, they're very emotional buyers and they, they get into it real quick and then they fall out because the spot price never goes up, never goes to 250. And it's, it's because they wanted to get rich quick. They just wanted a quick answer. And I've, I've run into many individuals like that in my, my tenure, even before I was proven improbable and I was just sharing with people what I was doing. They buy it. 
in fast hands. It went up, it went up 10 cents and they sold everything. <laughs> I'm like, uh, no, that's not really what I would have done, but I digress. All right. Do we have any more questions here? Going once, going twice, going three times. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going on exactly three hours. I thank you for your time. Please share today's conversation with the, your family and friends. They're probably going to be intimidated by the time, but uh, I think it's it's well worth the listen. And uh, re-listen to this as well, especially if you came on in the middle of the conversation, because you'll be surprised what you missed before. Heck, you'll be surprised at what you missed if you re-listen to it again, because you know we've covered a lot of material here. All right, need to remember to sell. Look, yes. Don't be afraid to make a profit. Just when you're selling, you're not selling everything, right? That's the, that's the key. What I typically do, and I already said goodbye, here I'm talking again. When a stock doubles for me, I usually sell 50% because now I'm, I'm on house currency, not house money. So now I'm on the house. I've gotten back my original investment and I usually reward myself with 10% of that. I'm gonna buy physical precious metals and if that price comes down again on that stock that doubled, all I do is put it back in there if nothing material changed on the company. All right. God bless you, Maurice. See you back here. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Tactical Sushi. <laughs> I love that name. That's awesome. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for, for coming by. And uh, you know, you're, you're welcome to call me at 855-505-1900. Uh, Fritz, you should give me a call after this. I don't mind speaking to you. I'm still awake. So 855-505-1900 and the website and YouTube channel is proven and probable. Take care.